Mesdames and messieurs. Yes, I'm mixing it up this week. Fancying it up. Oh, we're going totally French fancy. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome... Please welcome, please welcome me to my own podcast. My name is Natalie Bohensky and uh, I am here as your host of Raven On, the recap series, which has a mystifyingly popular following. God knows why. I don't understand it. But um, yes, I host this. I'm so, oh God. Let's just welcome Stu into the podcasting <laughs> lounge. My co-host Stuart Lake. Hello Yay! everyone. Hello Natalie. Hello everyone. The crowd goes wild. I told Stu when we met this evening first and he asked me how I was doing and I was like, Stu, I am so pumped. I'm in like, I think a hypermanic state. You, you've been uh, slowly vibrating the entire time I've been here. I, so yeah, And just like, it's like I, I was saying before, this must be what normal people feel like when Christmas is coming. <laughs> Which you know? leads me to question, what do you normally feel like when Christmas oh, is coming? Just, just a general sense of ennui. I, I enjoy it enough, but I don't have this like childlike Oh my God, Christmas yes, is in one exactly. week and then Santa comes and it's going to be the best. Like, sure. sod Christmas. I just want Game it's of Thrones. It's one week to Game of Thrones. It's one week to Game It's like my... Less than a week now. Adult... Oh God. It's like it's getting so close and yet sometimes it feels so far away still and then it's close and... Totally. I have a really busy rest of this week and I know that it's going to go by really quickly and then it's going to be on me and Suddenly I'm going to be like... it's going to be Monday. I can't recap. I can't do it. I haven't slept. Oh God, I'm going to suck. <laughs> So the ennui and the, and, the, and the anxiety will kick in. I know that. Yes. But right now, I am, I'm just so excited. Like every part of me is just happy knowing that Jon Snow is coming back and yeah. Dana- Daenerys Targaryen is coming back and Sansa Stark and Arya Stark and all my favorites and Tormund and Brienne and ah, oh, yep. I'm just like, yeah, I, I, if. And we've had to, we've had to wait longer than we normally do for a, for a season because we, we would be nearly finished with we would Game be, of Thrones We season. would be actually finished. Yeah, we would have seen all 10 weeks of a regular season. It used to always start in sort of early April and it yeah. would finish by mid-June. That was That's it. So we, we would way. be well through all of our Game of Thrones talking for, for the year. Yeah, so, so that has given it extra excitement. Totally. But it's just all... The, if Look, I'm going to be really rambly and disconnected in this podcast. <laughs> I just know it because I am just so... Like you said, I'm just Excited. like... Excited, exactly. Buzzing. I've also been re-watching some of season six, so I should be... Like, I think I've done the best in our one-minute challenge. You, you were so writing far. a lot. A lot. Like an intimidating <laughs> amount. I, I'm worried that I've forgotten a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, but it's, been a, it's just been a really amazing week. Um, uh, I should actually chat about the trivia night that I went to. Yes. Last week, I put out the call on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Natalie's Throne. And asked if anyone from the page was in Brisbane and able to come and make up a scratch team with me to go to this Game of Thrones trivia night. And I'd recruited a couple of friends, two fantastic girls. So Steph, hello Steph, and Katie, hello Katie. Gorgeous, beautiful, beautiful. Oh, I like, so good. Like, I I can't even. And Katie also has three cats. So we, (laughs) and... Steph loves cats, you but have is allergic to cats. Right. So we just, we had a beautiful bonding moment. And my friend Scott, hello Scott, if you're listening, he came um, and I told him to get dressed in his um, George R.R. Martin, uh, yes, Martin costume. I saw that costume. Because they great. actually did have prizes for best dress. And I was going from work and I assumed probably most people would be. Um, but I'd said like as a joke, oh, hey, dress up if you want. Uh, Scott, you could dress up as George R.R. Martin because Scott is a cosplayer. He's like a genius cosplayer. Yeah. 
and he um, has a George R. R. Mark costume. Now, to be fair, that costume is basically braces, a Greek kind of flat cap. Yeah, as long as and, you get the Dom DeLuise, like, yeah. fat, fat man cap and the, bra- the braces. <laughs> braces. You're basically and 90% a, of the way there. And he had a blue, you know, shirt, black trousers, and a little hand of the king, king pin. If you're clean shaven, you can um, you can put on, like, a very oh, wispy white beard. No, Scott has a big, has a big beard he, at the he moment. He does, yeah, absolutely. And so he just was pitch perfect. And, and he won you, you best dressed. The voice, the voice of George R.R. <laughs> Martin. <laughs> <laughs> well, he kept shouting out. Scott was uh, very good in um, providing distraction. Yes. So he kept just shouting out random answers to the questions like, <laughs> you know, who leads up the Knights of the Vale or whatever. That's just some random thing I made up. But he'd be like, it's Kevin. It's, it's Steve. It's, you know, so very helpful. Laying down a smoke screen. But it was so it was so good. And the guy who was hosting, his name was Nick, I believe. And he was dressed as, well... He looked like he had stepped out of Westeros. He can I really just say? did. Like yeah. it, was, it was fantastic. I saw those pictures. Go and look at the picture on my website. He was wearing, well, he said it was a Ned Stark kind of outfit. But I, it was I can like see that. I can see that. But he was, ve- he he was a very much a Jon Snow type. But, well, he had his hair back in the sort of the, man, the man bun. bun. <laughs> and I saw, sort of saw it because he wasn't, when, we, when I arrived and registered the, the team or checked off the team, mm. it was the event manager who was just a really cool dude dressed normally. Yeah. I thought he was also hosting. And so then Scott said, oh, I know the host because, of course, Scott knows Anyone who dresses up in Brisbane, Scott knows them. Totally. He is your one degree of separation in the cosplay community. <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. He's got a good, really good costume on. And I went, oh, there's another dude hosting. And I turned around and I just went, oh, oh. He's, he's Jon Snow. And then he was like, no, no, he's Ned Stark. I'm like, he's Jon Snow. <laughs> oh. And then I kept like handing over my sheet going, here you go, Jon Snow. <laughs> Jon Snow. He was very nice, but he, 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 good charisma. Thankfully, very nice. And a good trivia host. So we were an ace team. I was super happy. Brittany, hello to Brittany, if you're listening. She was like, I just want to come. I'm terrible at trivia, but I just want to come and be on the team. And I was like, of course you are. And it shows that every member of a trivia person is valued. Totally. Because she knew one question that the rest of us didn't. Absolutely. That's what you want. And that's what we want. And so because of that. So that was in the first round. We lost. So that was a identify, identify the old white men quiz. <laughs> so there was like a picture of Maester Lewin and a picture of Roderick Castle from Winterfell and a picture of... Um, that's, actually, that's really good. I like that. I think like someone like Kevin Lannister, but all there's sort of these old yeah. white men old characters. White dudes, yeah. And one of them in the bottom uh, right-hand corner, I was like, I can't, I don't. I can't, because I think it was a photo out of character or kind of looking a bit out of character. Well, sometimes they get a bit squashed, like the photos themselves when they put them on the paper. And I was like, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm, ooh. And Brittany went, oh, isn't that the guy up beyond the wall who has all the daughters and he sleeps with Mm. them? And, and then we all went, (laughs) Craster, yes it is. There it is. So she knew. And because of that, we only lost half a point in the first Round mm. because we. So this is a good trivia question. Yeah. It was actually a good, good lot of trivia question because I'd been boning up that day. I'd been taking lots of Game of Thrones quizzes on the internet <laughs> and, and, and getting and getting people, and uh, listeners and readers, to yes. quiz you. Can I just say, everyone who who contributed, thank you so much because a lot of the questions or along those similar lines yeah. got asked. Totally. So I was like snapping, ready to go, <laughs> bam, bam. <laughs> um, and so the one we missed out on one half a point on was we had to 
put in order the, the War of the Five Kings, in what order did they die? Oh, right. That's actually, yeah, that's more difficult than it sounds. So it was fine because obviously Renly was first. Yep. Then See, now Joffrey. You're... No, yep. sorry. Renly, Rob, Joffrey. Yeah. But this is the tricky one. Was it Balon Greyjoy first or Stannis Baratheon? Like who was last out of those two? Oh. Who was fourth and fifth? Uh, it was Stannis and then Balon. Damn it, Stu! You didn't come. <laughs> it's okay. I, it's it's okay. I had we, other things on. As it turned out, we won the night. I know exactly. But, you did not need me. No, no, but it was really tough because I know exactly when Stannis died. End yes. of series five. Five. Yeah. I ca- could not recall if Balon died like that same episode, but a bit earlier, or one episode earlier, or if he died at the start of episode one in series six. Yeah. Like I just had, I couldn't place. That scene. Totally, yeah, yeah. In my episode knowledge. Because the Greyjoy stuff is very disconnected from a lot of the other stuff that's going on. <laughs> and as Stu would argue, boring. I'm not, I'm not even doing the boring <laughs> bit. I'm just saying, like, it is very disconnected from a lot of the other stuff. And it was a, one of those random things where I think Theon was just about to come home and then Balon died. So I couldn't, because he, yeah. he goes back to the Iron Islands at the start of series six. So I yes. couldn't remember if... If it was one of those things where he literally turned up and his dad had just died like the day mm. before. I just couldn't place it. So we went with Stan. I think we went with Balon and then Stannis. Oh, right. No. Okay. Yes. Well, that's what you would have gone with because... What's right? Stannis then Balon. Stannis then Balon. Yes. Yep. So we did the opposite. Yeah. Anyway, so we only lost half a point on that. Sure. Um, our team name was Valam, Valam Maugulis. <laughs> what were the, some of the other team names? Oh, there was... Um, if you're, oh, yeah. if you're Jamie and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did love. That's fantastic. Uh, the team names are sometimes the and, best part about the night. Oh, yeah. And They're then really, really I think good. it was Theon Greyjoy's Missing Testicles was right, one. Okay. Not quite as witty. And, uh, oh, The Brotherhood Without Answers. I like that fantastic. one as well. Yeah. That's really good. There were some good ones. Um, and then in the... I like the ones that, are just, that, that aren't just like House Stark or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's fine if you want to call well, your team that, but like... I was trying to say Vala Meowgulis, like, and I drew a yeah, picture of exactly. a cat. Yes. But Jon Snow, the host, kept saying Vala Morgulis, and I was like, no, right. it's it's actually no, a it's, pun. It's a pun. It's uh, sort of a pun, and cats, you know what, you ju- you're just like Jon Snow. Just, I- I'll let it go. <laughs> I'm going to let this one slide. I can't stay mad at you. <laughs> you couldn't. And then in the second round, I know this is probably very boring for people to listen to, but I haven't... <laughs> I hadn't sort of caught Stu up on the trivia thing, and I just know that he, he we, we play in a pub trivia team, so I know he's going to enjoy this. I'm, I'm a trivia buff. Second round, um, again, similar thing happened with Steph, who knew the the hall where the Tarleys live. What do you call it? The, the castle, the keep, the, oh, the right. house That's a very of good, Tarly. Yes. What is their estate's name? That's a really good question. And for some reason, <laughs> well, for some reason, I kept saying Summer Hall. Summer Hall? I, I was about to say Summer Hall or Summer but Isle. No, or... <laughs> Summer Hall is... Um, That's where they burn policemen, is Summer Isle. It's a... Uh, That's a Wicker Man thing. Oh, right. Yeah. I, well, they. Th- th- this is why I just got confused by what you said because Summer Hall was a site of a very famous burning, and yes. I think when Rhaegar yes, was born or something. Uh, soon it's, it's after, it's like about twenty years before the events of when Aegon died. That's when Aegon and, and there was um, this big fire at Summer Hall, and so for yeah. some reason that was the name that just popped out of my memory. But I was like, I don't think it is. But Steph was like, Horn Hill, and Horn I was like, Hill! Yes, yes. Um, and so we did get one question wrong in the second half. Or half a point. Oh, but, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Stu, what is the first line of the Night's Watch pledge? Um, 
Night gathers and now Damn my it, begins. Damn it, Stuart! <laughs> Where were you, Stuart? <laughs> because only because I'm a giant like I'm a giant fantasy nerd, and little rhymes like that are like catnip to me. Like I just love that stuff. Like uh, going back to One Ring to rule them all. As soon like, as I heard that, I was like, "Holy shit! How did I not? Yeah. How did I not?" That's it because you do hear it a couple of times in the but show. But we wrote, "We are the Watchers on the Wall," which is in there. That's in there, and yeah. quite early on. Absolutely. But how could I forget Night Gathers and Now My Watch Begins? Like how, like Tyrion even made the joke, you know? Now my watch begins, Sansa. Ha. Like, oh, so that was totally on me. So at the end of the two rounds, mm. we were tied for first. Oh wow! With another team, whose name I can't remember. My apologies. <laughs> But they, uh, yeah, so, so Jon Snow gave us a challenge, which was we had to write down as many house mottos as we could. Right, okay. In 30 seconds. Now, initially when he said, I'm going to give you a challenge and then sort of gave us pen and paper, I was like, it's going to be Mother of Dragons titles. Because when I went to the last Game of Thrones trivia night yes. where I was on a mega team of one, just me, <laughs> one and, of the and questions. Did, like pretty, pretty respectable. I placed about halfway through. I mean, that's for a one person team. Yeah, that's not too bad. Good. But it was quite complicated trivia there was a yes. lot of like what is this person's what is this this music who is that the soundtrack to and that's why i'd been doing a lot more kind of research onto things totally, like yeah. whose music is whose and who you know um and so when he said you know here's a challenge and gave us a pen and paper i was like oh it's going to be mother of dragons names again because that was one of the questions previously sure. which was name as many of her titles as you can absolutely and so i had gone over and looked at as many as i could again and so i was like in my brain going Mother of Dragons, Breaker of Chains, The Unburnt, Daenerys Stormburn, Khaleesi of the Great Grass, Queen of the Andals and the First... Like, I was in my mind trying to prepare myself. And then he said, house mottos. And I was like, fuck! (laughs) I don't think that's one of them. Excuse my language. I try not to swear on this podcast. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's a very Game of Thrones thing, but I don't think any of the great houses have just (laughs) fucked their motto. (laughs) Maybe they should have. Um, So then I had this feeling of when... Like, I couldn't make my pen write fast enough. Yes, Like, my absolutely. brain was thinking. I was like, write faster, pen. Write. <laughs> and I was really struggling to get it out. And I was like, winter is coming. Hear me roar. The Ours is the fury. And the mm. other team members were, like, saying them to me, which was great. And I was trying to write them down. And we then do not like, sew. We um, do not sew. Growing strong. I didn't get to growing strong, oh, okay. which was annoying because it was only two words. It would have been easy. <laughs> um, I got to family duty honor. And then I was trying to think of, I was going, the veil, the veil, the veil, which is as high as honor. And, uh, oh, okay. I wouldn't have got that one. Yeah, for House Aaron. Yeah. And, but they called time. So I got six and the other team got four. Nice. So that means we won on a tiebreak. Hey. And we, uh, we basically got um, the same main prize, which was a $150 bar tab. Yeah. So I'm going to have that bar tab event in Brisbane at some point. Uh, Look, if I invite everyone, it won't go very far. <laughs> the 150 bucks, but maybe if people want to catch up anyway, hey. hey. Yeah. So, um, so yes, yeah, Scott won best dress. So he won like a Fantastic. Lannister apron, which is really awesome. That's awesome, yeah. And um, both teams, we won $150 bar tab, and then we got to pick which bag of swag that we oh, wanted okay. to take. Pretty, yeah. And so I ended up, if you look over here, with this awesome I goblet. See it. Amazing goblet. It's like a dragon clawed hand goblet. Yeah, with a, with a tumbler in it. And then the other one is like a glass mug with a map of Westeros yeah. on it. Both very cool. And so then we also... Both, uh, both cups. Yeah. You've gone with the cup theme. Well, we the other thing was a little like cookie jar that oh, okay. was in the shape of a dragon egg. Awesome. It was very sweet. That's really cool. But I gave that to Katie and then I felt bad because like people didn't leave with 
some things. But yeah. anyway, I'll, I'll have a party and or we'll have a pub night. Totally. So anyway, so that, okay, that's a very long introduction, but basically that happened. <laughs> yes. I've been trying to punch out content this week. Lots of stuff coming on the Patreon. It's been good. Yeah, I've been trying to push out. I wrote a parody song of One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies. An absolute modern day masterpiece, oh, can I just say. Thank you, Stu. <laughs> as, as someone, like, that is something that, again, as someone of, of my age, uh, that is 100% in my wheelhouse. The Venn diagram <laughs> just becomes a circle of Game of Thrones and Bare Naked Ladies One Week. <laughs> it was a classic. It was a classic. I already, I, I already know that song off by heart, so yeah. replacing it with Game of Thrones. Bits? No. Or do you just do what no. I do, which is I like... Flying off the back I, I, I like the vanilla. It's the finest of the flavors. Um, trying to make squish right, like squish lyrics into those idiosyncratic timings was very difficult. Yes, I But I'd had the idea and then I had to persist and with it. And then had to do it. I had to do it then. I was like, I'm going to make this You would have gone about halfway through and gone, well, I can't stop now. But I also liked... Um, Trying to find out a rhyme for chickadee China, the Chinese chicken. Yeah, <laughs> that and was then, quite difficult. So I got the dick uh, at the diner, nose down like chicken. chicken. That was great. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I felt like I'd climbed a, a, a verbal mountain. <laughs> so anyway, I've just, I've just chuffed at it because I, I, I thought, oh, maybe I should just do a chorus. And I was like, no, I'm going to have to do the whole song. Cut and paste in all the lyrics and went, oh, there's quite a lot of lyrics here. <laughs> <laughs> like it's quite a fast song, but that's because they sing it at pace. Yeah, it's not exactly. because of a want of lyrics. So anyway, so I've done that and I've got a few more little things, surprises to, to dole out this week. So it's just, and I've been re-watching some of series six. Absolutely, so which is more than I've done, can I say. Like you've officially done more prep I've, this week. Yeah, I know, it's for the amazing. first time. No, well, <laughs> we've both done very little prep, but you have done way like crazy prep for but this. But as I was saying to you earlier, Stu, and just to let the listeners in know, I feel like I've get, I'm getting into a deranged... kind of messed up relationship now with the show where like my entire happiness depends on it and i've to the point where i know i know this is what i mean it's getting a bit deranged where i've been like re-watching you know episodes or maybe watching i watched a lot of clips of like john and agreet you know like montage clips of Mm -hmm. all of their bits going oh that was how we first met oh like like imagine like putting myself into yes. Igreet's shoes, going, I'm not a Greet. No, I'm not a wildling woman. I'm not a <laughs> I haven't been kissed by fire. And uh, that's that's not me. That's not actually me. So, yeah, probably need to take a step back into reality. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, I've just been soaking it up so much that I'm, yeah, I'm just, it's all Game of Thrones now. And well, we're, we're into the pointy end of the... Oh. Of the of the recaps oh. and and we're nearly at the point where we're going to actually know. get new Game of Thrones. Do you know? And I also had this moment of going, oh, this week's my last week podcasting with Stu, and then I was like, no, no, this is no. just the last week of the we, of we the got prep seven podcast. More weeks, baby. We got the whole thing. <laughs> we got the main course. And then I get sad because I'll never feel this happy again. <laughs> like every <laughs> like every week is just going to be oh, there's only you know six more episodes left, wow. and then five, and we'll then, have to we'll have to finally none. come up with that other podcast idea. We're yeah, trying I know. To figure out. If you have any suggestions, call in. What should new, stu, I almost said new and stat? What should new and stat um, 
do for another podcast idea. I think your idea was that we watch movies that I haven't seen, which is like a lot of them. It's a lot of them. It's yeah. a lot of them. I, my, my, specific thing, yeah. my specific thing was action movies because I mm. feel like that's a that's a... Other than the Bond movies, that's kind of a blind spot for you. I culturally. do love a Bond movie. Although that's right. I was just reading today, apparently Daniel Craig is coming back. Coming back as James Bond. Sure, was, why not? Yeah, you know, yeah, I think he's a great Bond. I think he's been let down by some of the material. Now, look, sure. this is a massive thing for me to say because I am a James Bond person. Like, in my life, there's some key pop culture touchstones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Toto by Africa. Absolutely. Okay, 100%. it's right there. Yep. Someone played it in the office today. I heard it from... The opposite end of the office. Came running. Like, I came running because <laughs> I heard the, like, da, 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 and was like, who's playing Africa? Like, it's that it's that much. Xena Warrior Princess. Yep. James Bond. Sure. Tintin. Game of Thrones. This is really all I'm about. Tintin Comics, obviously. Not Tintin the, Comics. Yep, yep. Throw in, you know, your Jane Austens and whatever. Absolutely. This is pretty much me. This is pretty yep. much where I exist. You get a very good, a very good portrait of, in, of where you are. This is all you yep. need to know. Um... <laughs> So, for me to say, James Bond, I love. He's, he's 50, isn't he? Or he's like. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Or yeah. James Bond. James Bond is like about 90. Well, yes, obviously. James Bond is the same age as my grandmother, I'm pretty sure. And like, um, I should, like that, that hasn't been a thing in the past because I know Roger Moore was like well into his 50s when he was still playing. Yeah, Bond. he was 55. Yeah. yeah. But like, I feel like modern action movies, you kind of can't be. 50 and be James Bond? You're, maybe maybe you can be James Bond. You're I ageist. I, I think you can be. be James Bond. I think you definitely be James Bond, especially like a grizzled sort of older Bond yeah, and like they've you, made him. There's no... You cannot look at Daniel Craig at late 40s or 50, whatever he is, and Roger Moore at 55. That's true. There's That's a very, very different culture of body physique in Hollywood now. <laughs> like if you watch A View to a Kill, Roger Moore honestly looks tired <laughs> the whole time. He is but he just, was still so damn classic. Oh, as... You know, AF, as the kids say. <laughs> but there's a scene in that movie where he sleeps with Grace Jones, who's yes. playing like the villain character. And it's, he's, he, she, because she, obviously she's Grace Jones. She's very, sure. plays on masculinity and all that kind of stuff. So she controlled that interaction. 100%. And his expression on his face, you think is, it's James Bond. It's just Roger Moore. It's just Roger Moore going, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm in bed with this Amazonian goddess and I don't have any say about what's about to happen. Whatever is, happens here is, is up to her. Yes. I just felt, I felt so let down by Spectre. I just did not. It wasn't a very good film. And Especially after Skyfall. Like Skyfall was great. Look, as far as Home Alone for adults is, it was great. Um, <laughs> yes. I absolutely. enjoyed a lot of it, but Spectre is such a perfect Bond movie name plays on the mm. history. We we're fi- we finally get a new version of Blofeld, and but a sucky version. But, but and that's what I mean, like like the the whole oh, right. idea so it was of it. Promising. It yeah. was like oh, we're gonna get a new Blofeld, yeah, like, and it's gonna be Christoph Waltz, like who's awesome and yeah. would, and like still seems like a genius casting idea. Like he's a perfect sort of crazy. I would like for him to be exactly as he played Blofeld. Just without the stupid, stupid backstory they put in there where they ha- they're like stepbrothers Child, and stuff. Yeah, oh. childhood siblings yeah, raised together. Yeah, this whole thing where it's like, you know, we so have So he did this, everything oh. he did just to punish James Bond yeah. for interfering in his family, exactly. for being an orphan. Like, what the hell? It's the same thing that happens with comics where everything becomes recursive. Like, you know, it yeah. all feeds back on each other. And it's like, 
people can just do stuff because because they're evil. They're evil. Like they don't have to have like this this deep connection to the main character. You don't and have how to do, do you, that. How can you possibly set up a scenario in which you know that James Bond will be in your big meeting so you can call him out and go cuckoo and like. It's so contrived, so contrived. And I love a Bond movie and I don't mind there being contrivances. Yeah. But Bond is the guy who goes in when there's all this stuff that's planned and he, he goes in and disrupts He's it. He is not part of the plan. Like, he, yeah, okay. Inevitably he gets trapped and someone goes, aha, I trapped you like my plan. Bond, yeah, I just, no, I don't. Bond, I expect you to die. I don't want to find out about Bond's soggy, woggy, emotional past. Like, Yes, his parents yeah, died. Well, there's I think, been a... No, no, I think alluding to it, like the way that yeah, they alluded to it sure. in Goldeneye, which Absolutely, a lot of yeah. people a lot of people don't like Goldeneye. It's the That's best Pierce Brosnan. One of the best Bond, Bond films. Yeah, it is. Like, it's it's in my top three. Although although it's kind of it, it's pretty goofy if you go back and watch it like If you go back and watch any freaking Bond, if you go I back know, and watch know, Casino but... Royale, there are goofy parts in that. Richard Branson uh... goes through freaking airport security. In Casino Royale with Does Daniel, he? yes. Does he really? Yes. That's incredible. He goes through. I haven't watched that movie in a long time. It's, it's like a, and... it's like a whip pan, but there's Richard Branson being patted down by security. Wow. You know, and people mock the pigeon doing the double take. Can I just in say, Moonraker? Can I just say I understand completely why they went the direction they did from Casino Royale, all the all the Daniel Craig Bonds, where they tried to make him a bit more human and a bit more relatable, because my wife, who is hates the Bond franchise. Really? Just hates it. Un unreal like completely. Has she seen a lot of them or just she's, she's seen like some and I think I think she saw that she was of an age where if you went to the cinemas you saw the bad Brosnans, which were pretty bad. Like the The World Is Not Enough and Die Another Day and that sort of Look, thing. Look Die like, Another Day was not great. Um it probably was it's it's in it's in the bottom five sure. ever of Bond films. This well, is now the James Bond podcast. <laughs> I just realised that. Like, okay, <laughs> I'll put a note in the show notes saying right. <laughs> if you don't want to hear about the trivia night or the James Bond discussion, skip ahead to whatever. Skip ahead time. to one hour and twenty minutes, <laughs> and uh, we can <laughs> to the theme song closing out the episode. <laughs> We'll do a separate, we'll do a whole separate episode up. No, no, no. Look, I, it's about the banter stew and we're warming up to the Game of Thrones. Totally, but I, totally. I'm, I am manic. I'm manic at the moment. I'm like, oh my God, John Bond, Game of Thrones, all my favorite things. Well, I, I, I'm happy that Daniel Craig has come back. I think he's a very good Bond. Absolutely. But I thought that the opportunity of having a new Bond. Totally, yeah. Was like a reboot. Like and they of having, did it be, having it be Idris Elba, as obviously it would have been. You think? No, obviously. Oh. <laughs> no, it wouldn't have been, but... Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with him being. I, yeah. I, I worry that I worry that the broccolis are worried that they can't recast Bond, and so they, they've thrown money at Daniel Craig because they they wanted him to stay initially, and they threw like 137 million dollars at him or something ridiculous. Jesus, like just Whoa. like that's the price of a film. Maybe someone wasn't available because when um, they cast George Lazenby, yeah, and then he said, well. It's disputable. He said he'd turn down anymore, but of course they say that no, no, no. Well, we sacked him. They went back to Sean Connery and threw money at him. That's right. Going, yeah. we can't get anyone just yet. Can you come back, please? Here's a giant suitcase full of cash. And he went, "Yep, I'll come back and do Diamonds Are Forever and wear a hairpiece." Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> one of one of the better bonds. And then they got loved on. Uh, and then they got Roger Moore. So 
I just wonder if someone is not available because there was yeah, all talk about if, like Tom Hardy or who's the other guy that was uh, Tom, in Tom Hiddleston was also in Tom the Tom Hiddleston. Um, who would be a really good Bond, actually. Oh, he would be a good Bond. Like a very classic Bond, but yeah, yeah like a like very classic Bond. It's one of those things with characters. In, like, Ray, how has Ray Fiennes not been, a bond, not been Bond? Well, he's M now. Oh, of course, yeah. That's I keep forgetting. I, I keep forgetting that he's in the like films. I feel like he is older, and also he's blonder and pastier. I don't know. Like Craig is Bond, is blonde, yeah. but Ray Fiennes is too blonde. He's for not, me. He's not blonde though. Yeah, he kind of is. You he, might be I thinking think he's of his brother. In... He's he's got fairish tones. I'm talking about Voldemort. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but he's more blonde. Ray Fiennes is, is more. He? Yeah. Who's his brother? Joe Fiennes, Joseph Fiennes, who was in Shakespeare in Love and. Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking of Ray Fiennes. Okay. Sorry. Okay. No, no, Sorry, right. everyone. I've got to get Google up now. <laughs> Ray Fiennes or Ralph Fiennes, as it should be. No, I'm kidding. Images. All right. <laughs> this is a very exciting. It's all just Voldemort. See? He's more blonde. Look at that. He's Not like really. Sandy. Look at that. He's like sandy-haired. That's... But, I mean, Craig's sandy-haired. That's what I mean. Craig's I... blonde. Like, like, proper blonde. He's a blonde bond. He's a blonde Bond. Yeah. I, I must admit, I, I'm always... The thing with Bond, and I'm going to get myself into trouble, I think Idris Elba would be a great James Bond. Mm, 100%. And I think he's a great actor. Mm. I have personal... I'm going to sound like a horrible racist, and I don't mean this to be. James Bond, the character, is the son of a Scottish man and a Swiss woman. Yeah. And that is his, his, that well, is his backstory. It, de- it depends. If you make that part of the character in the movie that you're actually doing then yes it would be anachronistic for Idris Elba to play Bond yes and it always has it has but has it has it been part of the- it was in yeah it's been part of the 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 law he talks about in in back in on her majesty's secret service they trace his family tree and in um world is not enough that's his family motto and in Goldeneye they talk about his parents dying in a climbing accident and it's 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 around. It's not explicit, but that's what's always been good about Bond is you get these backstories. Yeah. I, it's again. I'm not Bond saying Bond is very. He's, a, he's a very aristocratic. He's upper class. He's yeah. He he represents a certain type of a certain type of Britishness. Britishness yeah. That is absolutely. white, and yes. I, I and I'm not saying that to be white supremacist. Having, having said that, I, Idris Elba would Idris, kill it. Yeah, he would be great. <laughs> he's a fantastic actor and would be great in that role. But I kind of think, wouldn't it be better to create? a new character that he can put his own stamp on who's an awesome super spy or totally. something like and, that. And look, I, Idris Elba is not struggling for parts. No, he's so. not. He's amazing. I'm not, I, and I, to be honest, I don't think he would ever... I don't think he would be Bond now. One, because he kind of got a little bit too old, but also because there's been so much buzz around him pushing him forward mm. for the part that I think no producer would ever do it just not out of spite, but just out of... It could never live yeah. up to what people are building it up as and i've got no problems with like if you were creating characters for the bond universe and you know uh, you know i think that blofeld was always different people i'm like blofeld could be black or villains could be black or sure um asian and other you know obviously there's well, been some se- who, several villains have been asian yeah. <laughs> and okay that can be probably I, 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 again i'm not trying to be the very first villain was asian in quotation marks he was half uh, japanese half german yes so and i think that's they actually got, handled that's how they him, got around that well casting. i think they handled him quite well in terms of they they angled more on the german side they did and yes. they didn't yeah. they didn't do like mickey rooney and uh, <laughs> yes. what's that movie breakfast, breakfast at, at tiffany's, tiffany's. Yeah. they didn't kind of have 
the whole slanted sure, eyes and sure, everything. Sure. I think they handled that quite well for the time. Mm. I guess what I'm saying is James Bond to me is it repre- is a very set character from a very set novel and um, is is very of its time and of its creation. And I I'm I just don't it, it, like if it happens, I'll still go watch it. I love James Bond and I'll be I'll be fine with it. But I just kind of feel like I I. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I do. I do know what you mean. If, if you talk- and I, I don't, I don't disagree. But having said that, I also think that if James Bond, as a aristocratic white man, represents Britain in the post-war yes. sort of Cold War era, but if they were to cast someone of color, yes, that would represent a modern James Bond. Sure. What they would need to do, I feel, is revamp the Bond. Heritage and make totally. it very clear that Bond is like a almost a, a name for like an a, like agent, a like yeah, a yeah. code name for this no, agent. I, I don't, no, I don't think so. I, because I think that means that you're you're trying to jump around the fact that it's not a white guy. Like I think just make them Bond and just lean into it. Yeah, honestly, well, like, like because because the that's thing true is, too. They, they keep updating them. It's not like these are period pieces. They're always yeah. set in the present. And this one was seemed to be a whole reboot for Blofeld. Yeah, absolutely. So I. So it's not like it's not like yeah. Bond is a character who's who has been alive and and active since the fifties. Like he's yeah. he's very much of the time. Mm. So although he does represent this big throwback yeah. to sort of Cold War spycraft, and and that's kind of what I love about it too. Like, totally, and totally. I'm not I'm not trying I to would say love, I would love to have a period piece Bond movie where we actually Gee, that would do, be interesting, wouldn't it? Because you because set it in then, the 60s and do yeah, you set it in the 60s? It's, it's a and white guy. Specter and you you lampshade the fact that he is this horrible <laughs> prick of a yeah, character. Like, like, how would you deal with the absolutely attitude? He's, he's a he's a terrible drunken. <laughs> Smoking, drinking, monster. He's a whoring. Yeah, like, like he's, he's a Game of, of Thrones character. He is. He is. <laughs> Let's tie it back in. But Desperately tie it back I, in. I think that could be really fun. But I just, it's um, it's not that I like James Bond because he represents a time where white guys were on top, and hey, that was great. I'm not. <laughs> it represents because um, you know I grew up watching them in the 80s and 90s, so sure. it was very much about this. That was the world. That was this spy element. Yeah, absolutely. That was the, it wasn't about. Well, even, I was I mean, too young to know about for years horrible years oppression. Years. You know, no, no, it just absolutely. seemed like James Bond was the cool British guy for years and years. Who saved was, the world. Yeah, absolutely, you know? they were escapism. They, they were they were yeah. as close as to going like to to these exotic locations that most people would ever get. Yeah. You know, like you didn't have like cheap contiki deals. Like yeah. You, could, yeah. you know, back in the day, like watching movies like this was the closest you got to going to other countries. Yeah, and they never. Know, so. They never, yes, they were sexist and women are, you know, not depicted very well in a lot of them. I never took that seriously, though. I never kind of came out of that going, well, I'm just a girl. So I I identified (laughs) with Bond as... That's who I yeah, identified totally, with. Totally. I, people would go, "Oh, do you want to be a Bond girl when you grow up?" And I was like, "No, you, I you want to be Bond." You didn't identify with like Pussy Galore, for example. Or <laughs> I love Pussy Galore, <laughs> totally. but this is the thing: there are lots of great female James Bond yeah. characters. They all end up sleeping with him. Okay, she was a lesbian. He cured her he cured in her. inverted commas. Okay, <laughs> problematic. I get it, but maybe she was bisexual. So there totally. you go. Yeah. But also, it was the it's the. It's, it is an escapism and maybe I'm buying in because I'm maybe I'm ruled by the patriarchy and I'm identifying with this heroic masculine character but I wanted mm. to be James Bond like I remember after going and seeing Goldeneye at the cinema yeah. we went on a family drive out to you know the mountains somewhere and I took off running 
Stu, you know me. I am not a runner. You're not a runner. I'm not one of nature's no. runners, but I was so pumped up by James Bond that I was like, I'm going to go run. And I remember my mother calling after me going, Natalie, we're in a forest. Please stop running away from us. <laughs> but I was so pumped. I was, I want to be a spy. I want to be like cool. And totally. like, I identified with that as a girl and not, not in the, I just want to sleep with women and kill people and be racist. Like I identified with the heroics and, Okay, so we've now done 35 minutes yes. on uh, <laughs> things other than Game of Thrones. Let's grab... Maybe this, maybe this can be a digression podcast, like a little, a little podlet or something. I don't a know. A podlet. Okay. <laughs> well, well if, I don't, if I don't separate the them out, if I don't separate them out, it may be a long one. So settle in. Settle in, guys. Some of my favorite podcasts now are like regularly 90 to 120 minutes. So. Mm, totally. Let's just settle so in. Just strap in and here we go. So I've dropped my sheet of paper, but Stu, you can start reading. We did our one minute challenge where if you haven't been listening to these podcasts, why not? But also at the start, just before we start recording, we put a minute on the stopwatch and we try and write down everything we can remember about that season on a piece of paper. Absolutely. Stu, your turn to go first. Season six. Okay. In my minute, I wrote top of the list, R plus L equals J. Oh yeah! Oh my god! I oh forgot. yeah! This was I the culmination believe- of a six series worth of speculation, oh. and they waited until the last goddamn episode of the oh. series to do it. But they finally, finally, in an official canonical setting, confirmed that Rhaegar and Lyanna had a kid, and his name was Jon Snow. <laughs> So that was definitely something that happened in season six. Because they now, had, I was just watching that episode and they have that flashback where Bran is, yes, you know, flashing back in time. And then there's the transition from the face of the baby to Jon to, to Snow, Jon just looking face. like the most perfectly broody <laughs> post battle of the bastards, like this mix of broodiness and relief and, you know, memory and, you know, the, 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 the gravity of the moment and yeah, totally. solemnity and <sighs> <laughs> sorry, I, I, now, just, I need a moment. <laughs> you need a moment? Okay. We'll do, I'll give you a moment. What else have you got? I cannot believe I didn't write down off the back of, Off the back of that, that reminded me of the whole Tower of Joy uh, fight. Oh that my was God. awesome. One of the best fights we've ever seen in the show. Great. Yeah. Um, it was great with, um, and I can't remember his name. Arthur uh, Dane? Arthur Dane. Arthur Dane. Sword the, of the Morning. The Sword of the Morning. The best swordsman in Westeros that has ever been and he really showed it because that guy kicked ass. Yeah, and they the, only on. beat him because uh, Hal and Reed stabbed him in the back. I That's think. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which puts paid to that whole idea that you know Ned, Ned Stark was is this, than... was was this was better than Arthur Dane. It, he got stabbed in the back. Um, and on that, I also wrote Young Ned, which was perfect casting. That, so that good. guy that they got to play Young Ned, he got the he got the voice, the mannerisms. Yeah. He looks like a young Sean Bean. It was fantastic. Kind of hot. Yep. Yeah. All good. Um, then, uh, because I was I was remembering Bran doing his walking sessions, uh, I remembered Hold the Door, which is in this. Oh, my Did God! Did you not have that in your list? Oh, my goodness. Oh, no! We have different... We have totally, Hold the Door. I have not written down any of those things in my that list. Was, you did a reaction video to that. I know! <laughs> and now I'm getting upset all over again. Oh, God, Hodor died. Oh, God. Uh, spoilers, obviously. Oh. Uh, we, we always we always forget to put that in, but okay, we do um, spoil the crap out of these things. Wow! Um, hold the door. That happened. Um, oh my god! Pretty unexpectedly, although yeah, that was pretty crazy. Um, then uh, on the same theme, Uncle Coldhands, uh, who yep. then saves the saves the group. 
Benjamin's Benjen, back. Benjamin's back, and he's like a weird half zombie person, but he's yep. been saved by the children of the forest. Um, then, of course, I just wrote Battle of the Bastards because that's easily the biggest thing the show has done ever. Oh. I think there are several battles coming up in this series that are going to surpass it, but oh, man. it's definitely the most elaborate, complex, and awesome battle scene that has probably uh, been on the show. You could oh. probably say like the battle at, at Castle Black was maybe a bit more epic. It, like, was, but it was epic in its sort of levels and stuff. It yeah, was, there's but, multiple levels, multiple scenes, but this was just a proper, charge, proper old school battle scene. The melee, yep. the um, bodies piling bodies up. Bodies piling up, John getting oh, trampled. John. <sighs> um, I also wrote... It's getting uh, really emotional. I know. I, this is going to be a long <laughs> podcast. I also wrote uh, Dragon Khaleesi. Um, yep. Just to sort of encompass everything that was happening with Daenerys this season. Yep, yep, yep. Because <laughs> she had a whole bunch of stuff happening. She burnt down a burnt down a, a Kalisar yeah. with with all the cows oh, inside. God. Walked out naked again. That oh. was awesome. Uh, Drogon was there. She was riding Drogon around. Yeah. It was great. Um, then I wrote uh, the other big uh, major crazy thing to happen was blowing up the Great Sept. Uh, which is probably yeah. the single act, the single most efficient clearing of the board in terms of characters that this show has ever done yep even on top of the red wedding one like, fell explosion in one giant green explosion <laughs> Cersei wiped off like half the characters off the show yep just all of them Marjorie uh, you know Loris, Mace Terrell Loras Kevin Lannister the, Kevin Lannister the, the High the high Septon the, yep. the High Sparrow sorry Lancel Lancel's gone yep um, Pycelle Pycelle dies he's stabbed to death by children yep great which moment. is Feels like it should be ironic somehow, but it's just not. He's not really... <laughs> I don't know. That felt really weird, but anyway. Um, and then to cap off my list, I just wrote Darth Cersei. Oh, that's what I did. Okay, so I suck compared to you because I <laughs> I don't have all of those cool things. I don't have Bran and Hodor at all, which is a terrible oversight. But you were writing a lot, so I what's on have, your list? Okay, so what's on my list? First up, right. Jon Snow is back. He sure is. And I completely forgot about all of that. Yes. See, this is, this is what I mean. This is a good trivia team. We overlap. <laughs> okay. I then wrote Junk Mound with a love heart. <laughs> How could I forget hashtag Junk Mound? <laughs> oh, I remember hashtag buttock crevice as well today <laughs> when I was watching the scene when he gets up after he's re and he's naked. Anyway, yeah. having a moment. Okay. I then wrote Melisandre and Davos, Shireen's horse. Yes, or yes, I don't, yes, yes. I actually think it was a deer or something. But So there was the tension between Melisandre. Oh, it was a stag. It was a stag. Stag, yeah. sorry. So there was a... Melisandre had burnt Shireen at the stake. And yes. that whole season, Davos kept saying things like, Oh, what happened to Shireen? And she was like, I've got to go. <laughs> anyway, I then wrote Tormund Pekka. Because I was just watching the episode and how. Actually, sorry, yes, says, this is Tormien. Yeah, this is Tormien. I Tormien. completely forgot this is Tormien. Yeah, yeah, this is Tormien. Yeah. And he, um, he says to John, you know, they all think you're a god for coming back to life. And he's like, I'm not a god. And he says, Yeah, I know. I've seen, I've your, seen pecker. your pecker. What yeah. kind of god would have a pecker that small? <laughs> I then wrote Tormund and Brienne. Yes, excellent. Thank you for remembering that. I Tormund. wrote Sansa and John Hug with a love heart. Yes. So Sansa returns to Winterfell. I wrote Battle of the Bastards. Yep, of course. I wrote Danny Awesome Burning uh, Escape, mm -hmm. which was her... Her big escape from the Carls. Escape from the Carls, which was so epic and yep. really quite erotic. Um, then <laughs> I had Danny's massive attack on dragons on Marine. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, that's right. We, had, um, we finally see the dragons in action. I had Cer Cersei Darth. 
obviously meant Darth Cersei, but sure, I wrote it the wrong sure. way around. Wildfire by Tyrells. Um, well, not all of them. Uh, Greyjoys in ship, Greyjoy ships. And then finally I wrote Arya Slay Frey. Yes. Now I completely forgot about all the Arya stuff. Wow. Okay. I, yeah. So Arya This is a big was, season for Arya. It was. Yeah, yeah. It was all the stuff with the mummers sure. and her yes, learning were... her skills and having to fight the waif. And there being... was actually some really cool stuff. She over started there. off blind. Yes. And got her sight back and then had to go and sort of stalk people and find out why they were wanted them dead and yeah i didn't even put doubt richard e grant was one of the yes as one as the leader of the mummers troop i did i mean so (coughs) many freaking moments oh god i can't believe i didn't have yeah okay so yeah so much so much to talk about about. do you want to start with aria we'll get her out of the way yeah so aria what about aria she was just great that moment where she fights the waif In the dark room, and she blows out the that was, candle. That was it. Well, she she slices the candle. She slices so, the candle. That, that, that was epic. That 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 justified a lot of, again, kind of wheel spinning a little bit. Mm. Like, like it felt like her storyline had a lot more momentum this season, but I still felt that they were still trying to think of things for her to do, and also she kind of had a bit of what is now referred to on it's become a thing on the internet now to refer to it as plot armor where you sort of you have a character who is in a situation especially in a show like game of thrones where they should be they should die but for reasons they survive Mm. and usually it's because they're one of the stars of the show and and on another show, you can kind of accept that, but this is a show that regularly kills off main characters, mm. and Arya gets gut stabbed real bad in this season. If yeah, you where was where was that? How did that I was that was when she leaves the house of black and white, I think, and the waif comes after her because the waif is the, the waif the whole time has yes, been yes, that's right. She's and been like, running through the I, crowds. I never and... believed I never believed you'd be ready, and you know yeah, she, yeah. she hates her, hates her. Well, wasn't there a whole theory going on that she was? Jack and Hagar, or that she was Arya. Also, yeah, there was some something. weird conspiracy theory about the waif. Yeah, I and then have researched that. <laughs> but yes, no, but, I remember. So yeah, Arya's like gets, running in a crowd. And it's not even. The, it's not even that. Like she gets one good shot in. She stamps her like fifteen times in the gut. Like mm. it's it's like the red wedding all over again. Arya gets away and then makes it to the house of one of the actresses that she uh, made friends with. Yes, that was Essie Davis, the Essie Australian. Da- that's right, yeah. Essie Davis. Uh, from Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. That's the one. But uh, in any other show, that would take weeks to recover from. But instead, we then see Arya running around just as normal, trying to get away from the waif, because the waif then comes after her. Yeah. You know, Terminator 2 style. <laughs> it um, was a bit, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it sort of, I don't know, it just felt, it felt strangely paced. I feel mm. like this season was trying to get a lot of stuff done and it was trying to get Arya back to Westeros. Mm. And to do that, they kind of sort of misjudged her arc a little. Mm. That they'd felt, It felt weird to me. Anyway, that, that's what I felt about it. That scene, though, where she defeats the waif in the dark because she knows how to fight blind yeah, absolutely. was really good. Perfect. And then I think we just see her at Walder Frey's yeah, house. I don't think we see her yeah. trans 
transporting herself no, no, no. We, there. We never, or anything we never we see. see we never see that. Um, she goes and gets. We, we. I think we see her go and get needle. And that is something that both of us did not put in here. If we lead into the, another subject from yes. Arya, is the fact that the reason that Frey is having a big party is because that the Lannisters have come up and Jamie and Bronn have helped them retake the River Run yes. from, from Brendan the, Black- the Blackfish. Brendan Blackfish. Yep. Who also Brienne turns up to try and negotiate with to get his army to help yeah. retake Winterfell. Does he die? I can't remember. I think he does. I think Brienne escapes just before they're sort of overrun. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's... I don't know that he dies on screen. No, yeah, he doesn't die I on screen, I feel like there's he? a mention of him dying later on because Frey's all... Again, I know this part more and it's in the front of my mind because I just recently watched it. Yeah. But he's going, hey, we're the Freys, we're the Lannisters, we're super cool friends, everyone <laughs> hates us, everyone fears us. And he has a big talk with, oh, that's right, they say, our, when we work together, we have our team motto, which is the Lannisters and the Freys send their regards. Right. Does he really say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says that. that. And then he ends up chatting with Jamie about and talking. Jamie basically slaps him down and yeah. says, we're not. We don't need you. Not, if yeah. we... We ha- we have you on side to hold the Riverlands. Yeah. If we have to come and take them back every time there's a problem, why do we need you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Frey's like, oh, okay. Well, I'm just going to get drunk by myself and eat pie. <laughs> Wait, these are my son's fingers yeah, in what, my pie. What is this? What is this in this pie? <laughs> but that was a beautiful moment. Arya just <sighs> so good. Yep, absolutely. And letting him know that it's coming too. That's that Let's... Was- yeah, okay, let's talk about um, then Jamie goes back to uh, King's Landing and he and Bronn see just this huge smoking wreck yep. of the Great Sept of Baylor. <laughs> talk us through. Talk us just, okay, I don't know if you've seen it, but the, I, I rewatched it again and the first 15 minutes or whatever it is of that final episode, yep. episode 10, with the music, the I think it's the Light of the Seven, is, is the actual yeah. music that. Yes, yes. So different to anything they'd done before. That's right. Yeah, it sort of gave you that impression that something weird's going on. Yeah, what's uh, so much kind of tension in that totally. music and in the way that the scenes were edited and the way that Cersei is standing there just looking out over the city, drinking wine in her black outfit, mm-hmm. yet to put on the armor, plated shoulders, which she puts on later as Darth Cersei. <laughs> um, and Tommen. Tommen, Tommen, yeah, who we After it happens, just yep. throwing himself out of that. Oh, okay. Now I remember. One of the trivia night teams yes. was called King Tommen's Base Jumping Club. <laughs> <laughs> Again, a very good one. <laughs> Too soon, but <laughs> very, you're like, oh, I'm laughing at that. I probably shouldn't, but oh, that's quite funny. So, yeah, that was, and that was a stunning moment too because. It was, that, it happened so suddenly. You know, there's not. There's not so much lead up to it. He's he's he was late. He was running late. He sort of got ready and then finally said, "Okay, I'm ready to go. I'm late for the trial." Yeah. The mountain stops him from leaving, and then the next we see, I think, is his reaction face after yeah. the explosion, and he's sure. just looking at the looking at the explosion. And, but but that's the thing too, because we think, "Wait, is the mountain going to kill Tommen? Like, yeah, is this what's going to yeah, happen? Like, yeah. like, there's a real there's a real sense because we have seen the mountain, like zombie mountain." Just That's kill right. A dude. This is in this season where he just smashes He's a dude just, against the yeah, wall absolutely. for peeing against the wall or something. No, 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 for uh, telling a bawdy story about having seen yes. him, uh, Cersei. Cersei, naked yes. On so, walk but, of shame. but he gets him when he goes off to have a pee, a quiet pee in a corridor. Yeah. And the mountain just walks past and he turns around and he's still peeing and just he's like, you just hear it. You just yeah. hear the pee on his armor or something. <laughs> and then he just picks him up and it's a long shot and you just see him go bang. 
and he just crush, literally crushes him, and it's insane. Yeah, and he also took his helmet off at the at the end there too. Um, oh, did, oh, oh, yeah, yes, yeah. no, sorry, yeah, because she got her revenge on on the, the scepter. scepter. He'd been torturing Nurse, her, Nurse Ratchet. Yes, that was. Oh, how God, Cer- Cersei, Cersei sets the sets the mountain loose and then just walks out saying walks shame, out. Yeah, shame, shame, shame. He's your god now. I yeah. think is what he says to her. Yeah. Your gods have abandoned you. He's your god now. <laughs> Bye. Shame, shame, shame. Oh, Cersei is so evil. But she's just like, yeah, I do things because they feel good. I, you know, I killed Robert Baratheon because it felt good. Yeah, and it's her. It's her sort of coming to terms with the fact that she is just a maniac. Yeah, and and it's after she's seen that Tommen died, and I think that was probably the one factor that she didn't control in that. She thought she was keeping him safe. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I instead... wonder. I do wonder how had she planned to become queen? Had she? Planned no, I don't to... think so. I think I think she. It was Tommen was going to be king, but she would have total control over him mm. like because she, she she didn't seem as upset by his death no and that's the thing like it's one of those things where she finally comes into her own when she doesn't have any more men yes. to hold her back and and <laughs> but the thing was Tommen's death was such a surprise because it wasn't anything that you really factored in we we sort of had no. this idea of oh all her kids are doomed because of that prophecy yeah joffrey had been poisoned Marcella had been poisoned. So you're sort of thinking, oh, something might happen to Tommen, but you're not expecting him to make that choice. Totally. And the way that it happened, there was no music. It was just a quiet screen, a locked off camera shot. He walks out of shot, puts his crown down, walks back into shop, steps up, drops out. And drops out of the window, yeah. Holy crap. It's, like, so, low, it's so low key. It's just, and, and then when she sees his body, she's like, show, show him to me. And Kyburn's like, oh, no, there's no need. And she's like, no, show him. And then she's just... She's just blank. Like, yeah. obviously a lot of feeling and emotion, but there's no grief. Outward expressions of grief. Like when Joffrey died, she was crying and screaming. And Yeah. But, you know, three kids in, you're kind of used to it, I guess. <laughs> I'm clearly not a parent. Uh, <laughs> just want to put that out there. If I'm saying inappropriate things, I apologize. <laughs> um, okay, so what else can we talk about? Uh, Danny, let's let's go talk about Danny and Maureen and Tyrion. And she left Mario. She did. She broke up she with did. Mario. She did. She told Mario she's got to she's got to go be a queen. He was so sad because he was like, I just did. Want she you. leave him behind or? Yeah. So she left him to take charge to of take Maureen. Charge of Maureen. That's right. Yeah. Because because the masters came back. Yes. Because while that's right. Because while Danny was away, Tyrion was like, Well, we got to run this show. Yeah. So we're going to invite the masters in, give them wine. Give them some sexy girls and tell them we'll phase out slavery over a time. Yeah. We'll give you these concessions that he Which, knew Danny wouldn't have liked. Because that's right. But he was, was like, doing what he thought was a very pragmatic approach. And yeah. it was. Like, yeah. And on Westeros, it might have worked. But because it's Essos and there's, it's a very different culture over there. Yeah. Which Tyrion is not used to. Yeah. And the slavers are like... Uh, don't care, we're coming back now. Yeah, we're just going to come And back. this was the sequence which, um, <laughs> isn't it Tyrion and Grey Woman, Missandei, Day, and Tyrion's like drinking wine. And yes, yeah. Chatting and... Asking them to tell jokes. Throwing advice. That's right, yes, and asking them to tell a joke, and they're like, what's a joke? <laughs> so funny, and Tyrion is like, oh God, you people are dull. <laughs> and, but then the masters betrayed them and came back, and there's a fantastic shot of... Um, uh, I think at the start of episode nine where l- the city's under attack and Tyrion's like, oh, we should probably leave. 
uh, it was a really good theory. I was doing quite well. Uh, so he's worried about the masters attacking, but he's also he terrified is. of what Danny's going to do to him. <laughs> um, and then she had planned, I think, just to go out and kill them all or something. But he was like, oh, no, let's do the more delicate approach or something like that. Yeah. And so then they have that fantastic scene in negotiation where the masters are all like, huh, now you're going to surrender. Oh. And she's like, no, no, we're here to negotiate your, your surrender. surrender. And then just at the corner of the back of the screen, you can see Drogon just... Just take off. ...moving yeah. into view. <laughs> Which brings me to a point that I wanted to ask you, Stu. How do you think she communes with the dragons? Like, how did Drogon know? Because the whole point of that last season, I think, of where, where Drogon was, or even this season, where Drogon's a bit out of control. Well, don't they don't they bond with their dragons? Or am I thinking of a different fantasy no, series? No, no, they like, do. <laughs> I think <laughs> Potentially any fantasy there's, there's, series. There's the, the, Someone's the, fam- always- the famous one is Anne, Anne McCaffrey's Dragon Riders of Pern series, which they have a, a psychic link with their with their dragon. Well, this is what but, I thought it must be because. But I'm pretty sure the Targaryens and like all the dragon riders in Game of Thrones have like a connection to their dragons. Because she, because um, because of course earlier Tyrion had let the chain the other two. Yeah. Um, Viserion and Rhaegon out of their chains. Yes. In yes. the dungeon, so they were still in the dungeon. But they were in their chains. Yeah. Uh, out of the, he took he took the chains out of them. That was a great sequence with Peter Dinklage just being just terrified like, of don't CGI eat me. dragons. <laughs> like, oh, don't eat me. Yes, don't eat me. And uh, and then saying to Varys, that was a terrible idea. <laughs> <Something> like, <laughs> and um, yes, what else about that? Yeah. So so uh, Tyrion had they had that scene, and earlier Danny had had a sequence where she stood on the back of the dragon or she, she rode off and found the dragon and rode on Drogon and then encouraged all the Dothraki, like, are you going to back me? Are you going to follow me? Are you yeah. going to ride on the wooden ships, the wooden horses all the way to across the Salt Sea? And, yeah. and they're all cheering her and going nuts. So I'm like, how did the dragon know to come then or how did she know? And then in that scene with the masters, the dragon comes down and he sort of lands on this turret and screams at them. And then yeah. he bounces down, lands right next to her, puts a wing down and she crawls up his wing and onto his back. Like how? Yeah. Well, I, I think the implication is that there's some sort of tele- yeah. telekinetic, telepathic link. That she can just call them. And also when she says Dracarys to make him shoot flame at all yeah. the ships, like she doesn't say it very loud. <laughs> well, she's right there. It's though. kind maybe, of room maybe temperature. Can, maybe you can hear her. Yeah, must have really good hearing, I suppose, for a dragon. Um, so, yes, yeah, so t- t- um, sorry, we have cats having a bit of a fight there's a, here. There's a literal cat fight. There's a literal. It's, um, it's a reenactment of the Reigns of Castamere. So <laughs> Tyson is playing House Lannister <laughs> and Crystal is playing House Rain. So that's not going to end well for her, is it? Oops, probably shouldn't say that. And then foster cats. Anyway, um, so, yes, Danny's escaped from the Carls. Yes. Just, just want to mention that. Just want to how awesome because there was this whole thing with Amelia Clark going. I, you know, I'm not going to do nudity anymore. Yeah, she made a big deal out of it, and, and there was there was a point. There was several scenes in episode five where, in in earlier seasons, she 100 percent would have been naked. Whereas, yes, it, whereas yes. in this time she wasn't. Yeah, and, and they kind of made a point of that. So it was it was very. It, it's a very powerful moment, and yeah. that's why apparently she decided to to do it to go full yeah. move. And so what happened was she had been. Taken in by like the dodgy ripoff Carls, you know how yeah. they like. She <laughs> was like the home brand. Yeah, the home brand, brand Carl. Carl Drogo. <laughs> like it's like, oh yeah, I can see how you're a Dothraki, but you just don't look quite Carly. Uh, yeah, really. Exactly. And he looks like one of the other guys who auditioned for the role of <laughs> Carl Drogo. Like. <laughs> so. 
Cal Drogo. He looks like he looks like the off Broadway version Drogo of Cal Drogo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's the so, touring version. So they take her in chains to the Carls and she's sort of treated like a bit of meat and then she speaks in Dothraki and says, I'm a queen, I'm a widow of Khal Drogo. And yeah. So they're like, oh, well, you belong at Dosh Kaleen with all the other Khaleesis and they'll decide what to do with you and they're not very impressed with her. Jorah and Mario break into the camp as, like, I think dressed as sailors or smugglers uh, yeah, or yeah. traders or something at Vase Dothrak yeah. and they're not allowed to take any weapons. Mario smuggles one in anyway, I remember. Like, a, <laughs> you can't separate me from my dagger. Um, and they get dagger, I, th- I think there's, it has like a, a, a woman as the handle or something. Yeah, like, yeah, you can't, yeah. You can't separate me from That's my That's right, yeah. Anyway. And so they come across her. She goes out for a pee or something. So they, they come across her and uh, they're like, we're going to rescue you. Let's go. And she's like, no, I can't. No, no. no. Guys, guys, I got this. I've got this. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. They were like, we're here to rescue you. And she's like, hold my beer. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's cute. Uh, and then she goes in and pushes over those flaming cauldrons and mm-hmm. burns them all and yeah. then comes out and is like resplendent in her full glory. Oh, so good. So good. I remember just like yelling and... Ah! In, the bo- in the books, I don't, I don't think we're up to that point in the books, but uh, earlier when she sort of like walked through fire and survived, like all her hair burns off. And so te- oh, technically we should have like a, like a shaven head Amelia Clark. As Daenerys at yeah. this point, but I guess it, it makes for a less impressive yeah. visual. <laughs> it's not quite as yeah, yeah. It's a sad, isn't it? That the 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 long hair kind of adds to it, isn't it? I'm I'm always in, of the case of if you don't if you're not using your long hair, ladies, chop it off, <laughs> chop it off. What's the point of having long hair if you're just going to tie it back in a boring little low ponytail? But she's always she's always got those amazing intricate braids. hairstyles as well. So yeah, you know, they're so good. It's all good. Oh man, I would love that. That was a great scene. That was a great scene, and it also it it was an interesting scene because or that that whole storyline because she was you had a group of women who had a lot of very specific power, but who were who were standing in her way, mm. and so she sort of went no, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it, them do you all. know I was thinking today I was wondering do you because Danny. <sighs> You always say that Cersei is the queen of, you know, poorly thought out plans. Like she, or she has kind of good ideas and it always backfires. Yeah, yeah. Danny is like the opposite. She always has ideas that are out of left field, but they always work. Yes, exactly. She yeah. always ends up just going, yeah, well, I know inst- in, inst- instantly. And I think that's reflected in Tyrion because in the end um, of episode 10, she names him Hand of the King and he's yes. sort of kind of morose. Hand of the Queen. Hand of the Queen. Oh God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's unforgivable. She... Uh, he says, you know, I never believed in anything, you know, God's religion. But I believe in you. And uh, myself, you yeah. know, I, I, people wanted me to, but I just saw where it got people and I decided not to believe in anything. And totally. now here I am and I believe in you. And Do you think that moment was earned? On whose behalf? On Tyrion's behalf? Like, do you, do you believe that he felt that? Yeah, well, when he, she names him Hand of the Queen and then he kneels, like there's this moment, long moment where they're just looking at each other and then he kneels. I felt that was really powerful and really yeah. sweet because I felt I felt that they were entering the relationship as more equals than um, I'm the boss, you're the hand. Like in yeah. the way that if you think about the way that Robert appointed Ned, it was like you're coming with me to do my dirty work. Yeah, totally. She appointed him in the... I've actually come to realize that you're quite sensible. And even though your family <laughs> is a betraying fa- you know, essentially. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. 
the there at the time there were Lannister Baratheons on the throne and technically Tyrion when he turned up in Marine, she was like, Why should I keep you alive? Yeah. But she's big enough and smart enough to realise that actually he's really clever. Totally. He's good and I have no desire to make him suck up to me or that I appreciate that honesty. Yeah. And I think having that respect from her made him is, is what made him believe. Like the totally. fact that yep. nobody else in Tyrion's life, no matter how smart he's been, has respected him. Absolutely. Yeah. Father didn't respect him. Sisters didn't respect him. The Lords and the High Council, nobody, except maybe Bronn, I think, probably respected yeah, but Tyrion. Bronn, I don't think Bronn respected Tyrion. I think... He respected he, him for money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, they, and they became friends, but I don't think... But Bronn was smart enough to realise that Tyrion was a Lord and he was a... Yeah, but I think Bronn realised that Tyrion was smart and, yes. and clever. Totally. Whereas the others were like, oh, you might be clever, but have no respect. I think Bronn had a sure. healthy respect for Tyrion. That's true. And I think that Jorah probably had a similar amount. And Varys probably has... Yeah. Varys was probably the only Absolutely. closer one from King's Landing who had any respect for him and certainly got him out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just... I felt like getting that acknowledgement from the leader that he totally. was and particularly after kind of screwing up with the masters and yeah, exactly. striking that deal that as you say was really pragmatic and in Westeros would have worked but actually was a bad move yeah so he, I think he was sort of atoning a bit but I really like that moment and I can't wait to see no, them because of course I forgot to mention there's that great scene where the Greyjoys turn up in Marine yes I think, yes 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 I think it's just them running it's literally it's Yara literally running sailing. from Euron Greyjoy, um, who was taken over. Yes, that's right. This is where Euron comes in. That's yeah, right. yeah, 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 so of this course. this is where Euron comes in, kills his brother. Yep. Uh, who was the king, uh, Theon's Babylon. father. Yep. Um, but in Ironborn society, uh, kings are elected. They aren't... They aren't uh, it's not guaranteed it's, that it's you're... Not, it's not yeah. hereditary. So, yeah... It, they have like a, a, a king's moot, I think they call yes, it. Yes, but I think that's more like an official approval of the king rather than... Well, like, it's where they decide the king. Like they were, like they, or, well, they had the king's moot and they all... Theon spoke for Yara and said, yes, yeah. she should do it. I'm not worthy. She is. She's been your leader for years yeah. and you should keep her. And they were like, yeah, Yara. And then Euron turned up and went, ah, I am a man though. <laughs> and they all went, yeah, good he point. He makes a good point. She's not actually a man, is she? Yeah. <laughs> Iron Islanders are not very bright. No. No, no. So no. they then take off and Euron, this is always what what, what interesting, because in my mind, the Iron Islands are like a, just a hell pit. <laughs> like there's nothing there that lives. Well, certainly the only thing we've ever seen are like rocky shores. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing we've ever seen. So he Euron says, cut down, cut down every all the trees. tree. And we're like, what trees? What are the trees? There would be like bushes at best. Yeah. Where are they getting the wood for these ships? Making shrubbery ships. <laughs> Shrips. Ridiculous. Uh, so Euron is set to be the big bad next season. So according to all the press, and I'm like, oh, is he? I just don't know if he can compete to Ramsay, which we'll get to well, think, in just a yes, moment. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think he'll he'll he provides the first obstacle for Danny coming back to Westeros, and he wants to marry her. But what? If Remember, she, that's but, what Yara says. But what if she he's, he's here to offer you another thing, and. Uh, they're like, oh, what is it? And she just goes, his cock, his big cock, I believe is what he said. <laughs> Yara is so great in that scene. There's a scene there. She is pretty great. I also love, and I think I think you mentioned this uh, earlier off mic, but they, 
they had that great scene between Yara and Danny. If where that's the same scene. They're yeah. kind of just sort of well, mechanized at each Yara other. Yara is flirting outrageously. Oh, yeah. 100%. She says something like, um, something about a queen or something. And she says, oh, I, I don't need this, but I'm up for anything really. Or, yeah. you know, she's, she's, yeah, flirting outrageously. And she says, and it doesn't look like Danny is 100% No, Danny uh, just has this kind of... Well, like, she just has this sort of, like, <laughs> amused grin on her face yeah. of, okay, you're giving me back. and Because she says, as um, you know, you want me to support your claim, looking hmm. at Theon. He's like, no, not mine, Yara's. And she's like, oh, the Iron Islanders ever had a queen? And Yara just goes, no more than Westeros. And she's like, touche. 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 Uh, and then they talk about their fathers, which was a really interesting... Point. Yeah, they talked about yeah. our father because Tyrion is standing there as well, and they're like, everyone in this room, we all had evil fathers. Yeah, they were bad men. They left the world in a worse place. We're going to leave it in the better place. And then she says, "I will support your claim and take your ships, but no more raving and reaping and pillaging." And yeah. Yara's kind of like, "Oh, that's our way of life, though." And she's like, "Not anymore." And so Yara's like, "Okay, not anymore." It's kind of what Danny does. Yeah, she kind of goes, this is comes the, wandering in and says, deals. "You know that thing you've done for thousands of years." Stop that. Yep. Immediately. Immediately stop that. <laughs> so that's going to be really interesting because I have no doubt that Yara is clever enough to find other ways of running a budget for the Iron Islands. <laughs> mm, we're a bit down on our pillaging received, you know. Ugh, Iron Islanders. They're just terrible. Just the worst. Just the worst. Like, like what even are they? But... <laughs> Let's get to everything North Winterfell, Castle Black, Battle of the Bastards. Because that's going to take us a great bit of time to get into. So let's cover it. Just how awesome was Jon Snow? On a scale of 10 being amazing and like 100 (laughs) being super, super amazing. um, Would you say like 1,000 or Um, (laughs) (laughs) 10,000? I feel like that scale needs some calibration. But having said that, sure. I love him so much. <laughs> I love him. They can't kill him again. If they, which was a big thing, because I went back and was looking at um, some of our stuff from the time, how uh, we were arguing about whether we thought he could have died in that battle at any point. And I, I mean, yeah, I, you I were I like, say no. Yeah, you not. were like, no. And I was like, oh, there were a few moments when he was being trampled, and I was like, could could this be it? Because they had talked with that Melisandre. was one of the big problems with the battle scene is that. For, for me anyway, and I know we, we discussed it a lot of the time, and I'm sorry to, sorry to sort of steamroll over the top of you there, but the, the big problem with the battle scene was that this, sh- this season started with Jon Snow being resurrected. So just from a Episode purely... two, technically. Well, yeah, okay. There was that whole fight scene at the north sure. with all Dolores Ed, and they took on the... Yeah. Uh, uh, remember they were fighting against each other? Was it season two where, where it ended with him sort of gasping and coming back to life? End of season, end of episode two. Episode two, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. I'm okay. pretty sure. That, that was the episode where we saw old Melisandre. No, that was episode one. Episode one, okay. Because it ended with her taking the necklace off. And that was a huge... I didn't write that on my list. I know, old Melisandre. I mean, I wrote Melisandre, but I didn't write like... Old Melisandre. That big revelation that she might be hundreds of years yeah. old. And, and It's all just illusion. It's all illusion and glamour. Uh, Crazy. Yeah. So, Which doesn't seem to do much to further the plot, though. Like, it's just sort of like... I, feel I don't like know whether that I feel like it into... just gives the credence to her being able to bring back that she's seen stuff. Yeah. Because Davos... And this is the weird thing. Why does Davos think 
hey, let's try and bring Jon Snow back. Like, why does he have that thought? Is it just because Melisandre's there? You know, what what, are, what were his thought processes that... Has Davos, we has Davos we can... seen someone brought back to life? No. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Because that's what he... He goes to Melisandre and asks her. I rewatched this clip today, funnily enough, right. and says, do you know any magic, any way you could bring him back? Have you... What have you seen? She's like, oh, I have seen a man brought back from the dead, but the man who brought him back, oh. And he was like, but it can happen. You, it can be done. She's like, I don't have the yeah. gift. And he's like, have you ever tried? It feels like Davos at that point is standing in for the audience, but... Oh, he, look, in a big way. Sure, sure. Because the audience is sitting way. there screaming at the TV going, bring red, red priests can bring people back from the dead. You've set that up. Yeah. Like, we get that. But there's no way that Davos, that I can remember anyway, that Davos would know that. Unless he had picked it up just from people talking, like mm. rumors that well, he just priests He can, says in that same scene that I'm not religious. I, you know, tree gods, drowned gods, old gods, I, you know, they're all the same to me. Yeah. But you... Um, what did he say about Melisandre? He did see her he shadow, says, baby. Yes, yes. Yeah. He says you've you've you're the woman who made miracles happen. You've shown me that yeah. miracles exist. I, I saw you devil baby. I saw you drink poison that didn't kill you. I saw yes. you have a devil baby. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Shadow baby. So I guess that's so he's justified. seen magic from her. And but what made him think? Oh, you know what? We just can't get on without Jon Snow. Let's like because if it was me. You know, obviously, first thing, I'm like, Melisandre, bitch, get this yes. get this sorted, okay? But, you know, she says to him, one of the first things she says is, if you care about him, let him be. You yeah. know. Um, but, she, but he doesn't, and she doesn't, and it's really But good. again, do, do the pot, do the, do the motivations there pass? Like, why do they need John back? Stu. No, no, listen, listen, Why listen. do we need I know air why, to breathe? I know why you need Why do cats back. need to lick themselves? But why does, why do Davos and Dolores, like Dolores Ed and everyone Well, this is kind of my, back? this is kind of my point. I They're, think it's maybe shock, disbelief, um, just a general love and admiration of the form. Sure. Uh, he gives Dolores Ed a big hug when he does come back. He it's does. really sweet. It's really sweet. It's and really And then he great. says... Is that still you in there? And he's like, yeah, I think so, but hold off on burning my body. And he's like, that was funny. Is he sure that's still you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Jon Snow is broody. But that's But that's the other thing too, because we've seen with Beric Dondarrion, who is, appears in the season seven trailer, oh, man, wielding a flaming sword like a goddamn lightsaber, <laughs> which just had me geeking out for days. You talk about you talk about Jon Snow. <laughs> Like I'm talking about you one eye. I'm talking about like patch patch-eyed Beric Dondarrion, like lighting up his flaming sword. You that really that is, affected you, didn't? I am so on board for that. <laughs> like whatever crazy battle scene that's a part of, I am in. But <laughs> all cards yeah, on the table. Hundred percent. My battle. This is this is what I signed up for when I watched episode one, season one. <laughs> Okay, but, so I challenge you, you need to, if you think that's coming up, like if you get the signs that, oh, they're in the north, <laughs> they're in all the, that bear skin, some, uh, something's about to happen, you need to film yourself. We need to get that reaction video. <laughs> I need to see Stuart late, super, super happy that, uh, you know, that it's happened. I might not be super, super happy. Who knows what else is happening around it when that's happening? You're going to be super happy. I will be, I will be pretty happy. <laughs> either way, either way, that's going to be Like an awesome even moment. if he dies after that and, you know, Pray to the mother or whatever that Beric is awesome. I, I'd love to see more of him actually, because he only just sort of has popped up here yeah. and there, and I'd love to see more of him. But he has another one of those awesome fantasy Game of Thrones names as well, Beric Dondarrion. Yeah, it's, it's great, amazing. isn't yeah, it? It's uh, Dondarrion. <laughs> <laughs> sends a shiver up your spine. It's great. It's great stuff. What am I saying? What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no, I, I remember. So, uh, so we've seen Beric Dondarrion brought back, but the, he himself has said that he's not the same person when he comes back. Like, bits of him get left behind every time he gets brought back. Oh, is that why Jon Snow is wearing a man bun? Now? I think... I, but this is the thing. So I think the show is trying to have its cake and eat it too by saying, well, actually, now that Jon's back, he uh, wears a man bun. That's how you can tell... <laughs> post-resurrection Jon Snow from pre-resurrection Jon Snow. I'm like, I'm getting a little bit more than that because there should be a price. There should be a price to bringing a character back from the dead like that. They they go out of their way to make sure that you know that this isn't an, an ordinary thing. This isn't something that Melisandre can just do, right? This is something that takes a lot out of her. It's something that requires a specific well, set of circumstances. What she says is it's what the Lord of Light wanted. Exactly. He allowed John to come back. Sure, and she actually exactly. asked him, where did you go? What did you see when you were dead? And That's he right. says nothing. Nothing. Which was great. I know. Yeah. It, it, they, they go out of their way to say this isn't just a cure for death, like Star yeah. Trek Into Darkness and Triple Blood, right? It's I something know both that, of those references. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's that's really good. I'm so was proud of you. Into Darkness... I actually don't know Triple Blood. I was being sarcastic, but Into Darkness was the one with, with the with um, Bandersnatch slanty face, slanty yes. <laughs> <laughs> face, munchy balls. <laughs> we did the same joke. Uh, yes, he was Benedict he was Cumberbatch, a, a wonderful Khan, actor Khan. who I'm a very big fan of. Actually, oh, he's great. Um, he's, he's so, so great. Um, Where's he in Game of Thrones? I know, right? He would be a good Game of Thrones what, where's actor. He? I mean, he's obviously off doing things. What but... role would he be? It's hard to kind of picture him because he's he he's more intellectual and yeah, exactly. I, I don't know if he would necessarily be a good fit. Mm. He would have mm. to play. He might have to play like I don't even know who would he play. Maybe maybe he he could be really good down at you know Sam Tarly, who we haven't talked about yet. <laughs> Gets to Old Town. That's true, and he's like the, the, head, the head librarian or something. Goes into, the, goes into the library, gets to play like Belle from Beauty and the Beast in the library. <laughs> and it's wonderful. It's, ah, books, learning. Um, he would be good as maybe a maester or some sort of teacher down there, I feel. That's true. Yeah, actually, yeah. That, that's a very good very good call, actually. Um, it's not going to happen, but no, it, would no, be, no. It, it is very good. I mean, what if you did, though? What If you were like a famous film star and you loved Game of Thrones... Like, if that was me, okay, <laughs> it's not a good example to use because it's just a fair... If I had any strings to pull, I would pull them. <laughs> but if, if I was, like, a super famous Hollywood actor, I'd be like, look, can I just come and be... A d-? Like, Ed Sheeran is going to be in this year's season. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, well, I assume the, as a singer or the, a The heavy metal band Mastodon were in several scenes Oh, were in they season. the Red Wedding? Uh, no, no they, they weren't at the Red Wedding, but they were in... Um, they were at Hard Home. Oh, um, that's and then, right. And then I think they were they were, they were in uh, season six as well as something. Oh, okay. Because um, I know that the Sigur Ross is it some band? Sigur Ross, Sigur Ross. Is probably been they were there. the band yep. who played the Reigns of Castamere yes. at the wedding yeah, at yeah. the Purple Wedding. Yeah. So they get bands in or people that's that right. do stuff. I think I think bands who do songs for the soundtrack then sort of go, "Hey, listen, can we like get, <laughs> like we'll we'll like cut our fee if you let yeah. us be on the show?" <laughs> <laughs> but I would if I was like Ben come, I'd just be like, "Look, can I come in and be?" In a scene, kill me off, but just whatever. That, would that distract from the episode though? Like, would, would you just be like, you "Holy shit, it's Benedict Cumberbatch!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could just go, "How like how twist like? Oh my god, that was just Benedict Cumberbatch. He was there, and then he got killed. Oh my god, how awesome!" And then I agree that it would be awesome. I don't know if it would make any sense, and I, I think. But it if might... it was, if it made sense in the story, go with me, Stu. I'm just trying to <laughs> I'm trying to see how I can get on Game of Thrones. Sadly, never going to happen. I know. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. 
Um, what else? Let's talk about other things. I'm getting we're we're powering on towards a hour and a half podcast, you. So let's absolutely let's spend well, the next ten minutes talking about the Battle of the Bastards. You know, well, actually, sorry before before we get there, we have to very very quickly talk about the Hound and oh Ian my McShane, god, yeah, who was in the show for one episode. Oh my god, I didn't write that down. Neither did I, and I literally just remembered it when you were talking about like people. The Hound doing comes things. back. The yeah. Hound comes back. See, Ian McShane, perfect example. Came in, had a role, got killed absolutely. off, made us all sad. What did he call the show? Tits and Dragons? He said, he, 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 in an interview in the lead up to the show, he basically just said what his character was. Like, as you oh, do right. if you're a normal person <laughs> talking about a normal show. But because he gave away some plot details, I think some fans were very pleased, but other fans were very angry that he gave out spoilers. <laughs> and he was like, what the hell are you talking about? It's just a silly show about Tits and Dragons. <laughs> he's, this, he's this grizzled oh. old 75 year old actor. He doesn't care. I really want that on a (laughs) t-shirt. Yes. So the hound came back. The hound was not dead. Totally. He was picked up by some religious. I was very happy to see the hound because the hound is great. Hippie religious types. I think he's going to be really awesome this season. Yeah. 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 But well, because he's, he's linked up with the brotherhood Brotherhood. and and Beric Dondarrion and and, uh, Thoris of Mir and all them. Yeah. And they're going to go north to the wall, I assume. I assume that's where they get to. Well, this is the thing. I thought that, but then I thought... It does look like from some of the scenery that they are further north. But at the same time, winter has arrived. That's right, yeah. And Winterfell is... Yeah. Covered in snow. So it may be that they just have gone a little bit north and the the White Walkers are coming south or... I don't know. But Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Maybe they have to go back up to Castle Black to check on something and then there's a battle. They go north for some reason there. But we also saw in the trailer, spoilers, if you are like Dan and haven't watched the trailer, <laughs> hello to Dan from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast. If you aren't on Patreon, then you don't know. But if you are on Patreon, you would know that we recorded a special bonus episode which was mash a lot up of fun. A lot of fun. with Dan and Greg from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast. I will upload that to this channel, this podcast series in a few days time. <laughs> but if you are on my Patreon, you can access it right now. So go to patreon.com slash girlclumsy, sign up and you can get access to that right now. Am I selling it enough, Stu? I Absolutely. don't know if I I'm selling it enough. Selling it just I the feel right really bad because I'm shilling to people all the time and going, give me money. Like I'm a selfish person. I'm just trying to... I'm just trying to help. I'm that's just part, trying that's to... part of the podcasting game. It's just the new thing, you know. It's just what people are doing. I've, I actually signed up to. I'm now a patron of Aussie Man Reviews. Oh, fantastic! That's great. I love. Aussie if Man. you don't know Aussie Man Reviews, he's a great. I'm, I'm a patron too, actually. I think. Yeah, yeah. So he's a Perth YouTuber. He's a YouTuber who yeah. has this character Aussie Man. He's just very Aussies. <laughs> I wish I could do his voice proper. He has a series called Destination Fucked. Like, I, I don't like swearing, but he's just, he just voiceovers people like it's very bloopers very, very, and people yeah. hurting themselves and just going, oh, you are stuffed. And <laughs> anyway, I found out, or I realized, I, I followed him on Twitter and then realized he follows me. So I'm like, oh my God, yeah. does Aussie men know who I am? Like, <laughs> could I? He could be listening right now. We don't know. That would actually make me a little bit excited because I was like, maybe I should reach out to him and see if we could do like a collab and get him on well, the because, podcast. Because he does Game of Thrones. He does uh, recaps. Recap yeah. Yeah. And they're amazing. Which are great. They're so good. And so much better than this shit, Stu. <laughs> We've got hey, to hey, up hey, our hey. game. Different but equal, though, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> we have our strengths. He has yes. his. But I thought that would be really fun. So I don't, I don't know how to necessarily make that happen. But I guess I just have to message him or tweet him or something. And I feel go, like he's at a level of famous where you could totally still like message him. Yeah, he's not. He's got like <laughs> five million YouTube subscribers or something. Like yeah, that's but it's YouTube subscribers. That that, that that equates to like two people in the real world. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> no, it's not true. People make their whole living that's out true. of. That's true. That's true. I'm sure he YouTube. does. Yeah, I think he does yeah. now. That's his. That's his living. But Which he also has awesome. a Patreon. That's so I am now supporting him via Patreon. So maybe I can play on that and go, hey, look, I give you a couple of bucks a month. <laughs> I demand <laughs> your presence on my podcast. But that would be really fun. He he has a great take on. That'd be amazing. He has, he has very funny And what I like insights. about him is that he, I think he has a similar kind of feeling towards the show that I do, which is, is, is just this kind of blind love of it. Totally. And if you go back and watch his recaps of like Bastard Bowl and he's just so, he's just so there for it. And <laughs> 100%. He's yeah. 100% He shows up, it. he comes to play. And he just is loving it, the yeah. whole thing. And I, that's what I love about it, that he's not trying to be like, well, actually this thing struggled and this was weak. He's just like, no, I'm here for it. It's all good. <laughs> Unlike this stick in the mud. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 not, no. Not saying that, Stu. I don't mean that. But okay, so we've talked about Aussie Man. The Hound came back. He's going to come back and do more stuff. What about Battle of the Bastards? Yes. Um, so I mean, oh. I think I said it at the start of this podcast, but probably the best battle scene yeah. the show has done. Like it was certainly so like good. one of the best battle scenes on television. And like I mean, it puts a lot of movies to shame. Well, I I remember seeing lots of media at the time about them you know kit harrington saying everyone's gonna think that i'm just standing there in front of a green screen but i was standing in front <laughs> was, of charging horses right. with a sword <laughs> that's right um and and that was really happening so i think it, it incredible choreography yeah and- that's right i mean certainly when you do that sort of scale of battle on a tv budget it often looks like a reenactment group like it, it and there's it nothing often, wrong with reenactment no, groups. There too. isn't, but there is a certain inherent low budget appeal to that, <laughs> which doesn't look great if you're trying to recreate an epic battle for mm. Westeros. Mm. So the fact that the show succeeded so well in selling the fact that this is a big pitched battle mm. um, involving horses, involving footmen, um, archers, all that stuff. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, like, like the logistics of it are amazing. I don't know whether, I don't know whether. It totally works in terms of what it's trying to do for the show. Because as I said, I feel like John kind of can't die at that point, And that sucks a lot of the tension out of the battle for me. But having said that, it's an incredible scene. But the th- I guess where I would reply to that is to say that I felt they were in real danger of losing. Yes. I was worried that... Davos and Tormund were going to catch it. Because, yes, you yes. Know, 100%. And Tormund really did, because it was um, small John Umber, I think, who came yes, charging yes, down yes, with his men. Right. Yeah. And he started going, we kept, you know, We kept thinking that the Umbers were going to turn out to be secret Stark allies. Yeah. And it's like, nope, they were just bastards nope. the whole time. They, Yep, they just turncoats. Yep. Uh, they were just turncoats. So, yes, but Tormund then sort of strikes back at small John Umber and bites his ear off. Goes <laughs> the full ear. Mike Tyson. <laughs> And then there's and they they did that pincer movement. Well, that oh yes, I just have to mention that there's a great scene where they're planning the battle, and John says, uh, uh, Tormund says, oh we've got um, they've got horses, and my men have never seen horses in battle. Yeah, and John's like, don't worry, we're building trenches around our side, so they won't be able to get us in a double double envelopment. Yep. 
like Stannis did with, with yes. Tormund. Yes, yeah, yeah. And he's, Tormund just looks at him and he goes, a pincer movement. And Tormund just keeps looking at him. <laughs> and John just looks at Davos and then looks back and goes, he won't be able to get us from the sides. <laughs> and Tormund's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's just this beautiful this, comic yeah, moment. That's right, exactly. In this, you know, mega high stakes. That's right, yeah. Uh, everything. And yeah, and then he's just going, a, p- a pincer movement. <laughs> And Tormund's just staring like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, what's that? Keep going. <laughs> oh, is Tormund your favourite character or is oh, he... Oh, he'd be like, pretty close. <laughs> he'd be pretty close. He is, he's so good and he's like... I love him. His journey, I hate using that word because I sound like a wanker, but just... His character arc. His, like his, his character arc from yeah. big, you know, I screwed a bear, boy, I'm a wildling, <laughs> uh, no man draws me and... Offsider to Mance Radar to see Mance die to take over kind of leading the wildlings to fall in with John well attack Castle Black and then fall in with Jon Snow go to Hard Hunt yeah. you know and and, and then to going, hug going from he's being the first what? person who hugs Jon Snow that's right yeah after he comes back from the dead apart from yeah. maybe Davos who was there because with him he went when he from, was naked he went from having <laughs> yes. sorry I just got very distracted by yeah. um, well he went from he went from being quite antagonistic towards Jon and. <laughs> Sorry, I just I'm looking at Stu, but if you can imagine like Homer Simpson, I've got like little imaginary bubbles <laughs> from my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like John Snow nude, John Snow nude. Okay, Stu, I'm focused. I'm focused. Yes, focus I'm up. totally focus focused. Up, Here we go. I told you this podcast is crazy. I don't think I'm going to be able to edit it. I think I'm just going to have to cut and just publish, whack it up, and let Who people cares? let people make up their own minds. It'll take me too long. It's already... Oh, we've just hit an hour and a half. Fantastic. Oh, God. Okay. So, Sansa warns... John. John. That Ramsay is a tricky bastard. Yeah. And he's quite a, literally... He's a game player. Uh, and, yeah, and he he will try to goad you into, mm. you know, doing something silly. And, and she, John says, yeah, I know. I know he's... I know. And she goes, no, no. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know, John. And he says, well, tell me, how do we get Rick on back? She's like, I don't know anything about battles, but I don't think we can get him back. Yeah. We have to assume and that he's And she's willing to cut him loose. That's yeah. the crazy thing. He is, for all intents and purposes, the heir to Winterfell, right? He's the last mm. full male heir to Winterfell. Mm. Theoretically, they need to get him back to keep the Stark dynasty alive. Mm. But crucially, Sansa decides... Do we need him though? And that's a pretty big well, step on her journey towards. Yeah, I don't think it something. makes her evil. I think she's just no, no, no. It, she's yeah, had to make that decision pragmatic. in exactly. her heart that if she pins all her hopes on getting her little brother back, she's going to be disappointed. That's right. Because Ramsay has him and he is unpredictable and dangerous, yeah. and that's what she's trying to communicate to John. But of course, it fails because John. Then what happens is Ramsay uses Rickon and sends him out, and, and John, John of course, does something stupid. Has to be, you know, he responds with emotion because he's an emotional person at heart and he understands you and is sensitive and cuddles. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to cuddle. <laughs> and, um, yes, and then I don't we, think we've seen that on the show. We get to, and then we get to, um, what is it? Serpentine, Rickon. Serpentine, Serpentine Rickon. Serpentine. Serpentine. I, he doesn't. Rewatching that, I was like, how would you know to do that? Like, how he's terrified. He's a kid. He's running for his life. I know, I know, obviously. It's, it's the obvious joke to make in that situation. <laughs> it is a <laughs> and tragic and a We are not above making the obvious joke. <laughs> so, 
we pride ourselves (laughs) on making the obvious joke. So that's when John keeps riding. The arrows are all flying down. His horse gets killed. So he's on two feet, sword in hand, and then bang, into the battle. And it all happens really quite quickly. Like within a few minutes, there's this big body pile of bodies starting to build up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were not going to charge. That was the whole thing. We cannot charge. We have to get Ramsey to come to us. Yeah. And then Davos is like, well, we have to charge now. Yeah. And they go flying Our in. Our leader is down there. We can't We can't get to him. Yeah. We need to we charge. We have to charge. Now. And so they just... And then Davos actually stands down the uh, archers. Yeah. Because they're like, we're just going to kill our own men. But of course, Ramsey's just firing arrows. So people are... People are, are at that point, though, fighting, I'm, not, but- I'm not entirely sure why he didn't move the line of archers closer and then just start firing arrows again. Well, they all just went into the battle. That's yeah. what happened. They all just went, right, we're... Tactically, there's a lot going on. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and look, Davos is more of a naval man That's than an army That's man, very true. navy man, than army man. Yeah. Uh, but He's a sailor. But this was the thing. It just it, it wrecked the plan, I guess. John's That's decision. it. And so the whole the whole idea is that Ramsay is winning. Yeah. Like 100% he is winning this Special battle. mention, though, to Stampy the Giant. Stampy. He literally rips a dude in half. <laughs> I'd forgotten that. And I was rewatching it. Because he's great. He's just wiping people out. And what happens is all of the uh, northerners and the wildlings, or I should say the, the, the Stark loyalists and the wildlings, all get... Um, pinned in by this circle of, of uh, Bolton men with shields yeah. and pikemen. And they do like, I think I called it like the squishy, the shrinky stabby circle or something. Yeah. And they go, huh, and they move in with the, with the uh, shields and then they thrust the pikes in and kill guys with the pikes. And yeah. they just squish them, squish them, squish them. Stampy though, he starts going, huh, and he just like swipes at them, picks a guy up, just tears him in half like he would... Tear a loaf of a bread, French yeah. breadstick, like, boom. Like, he's that big. Totally, yeah, yeah. And then um, at the end, when, because John then gets trampled on, because he's fighting really well, but he gets trampled on and he's trying to breathe, and he eventually gets out just in time for the, like, do 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 do, and then Gandalf turns up. <laughs> <laughs> Riders, ho! What does he say in that Helm's Deep thing? He's like, ride or. He, I'm sure he says something, Gandalf, in that. He, Go, he, I am, fight, I am stunned, elves. but I can't remember what he says. Yeah, he does, he does say to. something. He does say something. So uh, it's Sansa and Littlefinger, and it's the Riders of the Vale, and there's a fantastic aerial shot of the Knights of the Vale just, like, crashing yeah. into the breaking the Bolton line. That's right, yeah. And at that point, John is, like, sort of safe, and he gets up, and then they see Ramsay kind of realises, oh, uh, I'm a bit screwed. I'm in, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and so he heads back to Winterfell. And so yeah. it's Tormund who's climbed up next to having bitten off great John Umber's ear and then <laughs> stabbed him about ten times. Yeah. Climbs up next to, like, blood dripping from his mouth. Climbs up next to John. Stampy turns up. He's Stampy's standing there. there. And yeah. then they're like, okay, chase is on. And they just helter-skelter. That's right. You know, head head to the doors. And then Ramsay gets into Winterfell and he's just all like, you know, smoothing down his jacket going, it's fine, we're at Winterfell, we'll wait them out, it's all good, everyone calm down. And then there's just this boom, boom. Well, there, there was that, he says he says one of those lines like, no man can get through yeah, those yeah, yeah, doors. Yeah, exactly. And it's and like, then, oh, that's not a man. And Stampy punches through the door <laughs> and he's trying to lift the barrier on the other side yeah. and he gets speared in the hand with an arrow <laughs> and then pulls his hand up around, yeah, around the, the arrow. arrow. I know, it was horrible. Oh, oh. And then he eventually like punches the other side, lifts it up, 
stamps stampedes in but he's meanwhile he's being being shot by the archers on the yeah. battlement so he's being shot already by arrows runs in gets shot even more uh and then what does he do he manages to stop something they come in i think he's him. killing he's killing a bunch of people and then something yeah. something or that or rather um i think i just watched it what happened but he, he's sort of brought down and then john's standing next to him and um, Ramsey spears him in the eye, and yeah. that's the final one. Is the is, is the, one the, eye, the eye, and then he goes him, yeah. down. But there was this lovely moment where, because Stampy was like stood up for John at hard home, yeah. like for the to yeah, say I'm absolutely. with John Snow, and that meant something, you know, totally. to have the last giant ostensibly going. Yep, this is real. Yeah, and he was he that battle would have been over even faster for the. They were only able to hold out, I think, for the Knights of the Vale to come in because Stampy was there. Totally, yeah. Because he's a one-man army. Yes. <laughs> he just stood on people. <laughs> um, and so he dies, and that's super tragic. They don't really show what happens to his body at the end. Like, how did they get him out of there? It's like, that's true. You know, that's very true. You know that footage on the internet when they the, the back in the 70s when a whale beached somewhere yes. in, like, northern europe and they're like you know what we should do let's just blow we it should up blow it up yeah and then it just rained like you've all these people watching it and then all of a sudden they t- turn their cameras up and there's just flesh falling out of the sky <laughs> and it just stank for like three weeks afterwards or something yeah you can still find that on the internet apparently um but yes i was like maybe they have to blow up stampy's body <laughs> how do you get it out get some get some wildfire there was there. a beautiful look between he and john and then and then He's just staring at Ramsey. Ramsey's staring at John and goes to, um, what do you call it when you draw your He goes arrow? To, to knock an arrow. Knock. Yeah. Knock. Yeah. You knock an arrow. Yes. Yeah. Knocks an arrow. And then John just throws Longclaw down, which is just bloody, picks up a shield and yeah. just bang, 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 because this catches is the, this four is the thing. arrows. I was about to say, like, I'm, I'm sitting there picturing, because Ramsey's got him banged to rights. Like, if he fires an arrow and hits him in the eye, he's down and yeah. we're done. But John is just so furious at this point. He's an avenging superhuman at this point. Absolutely, yeah. So he he, he catches all the zero all the arrows. F's to give. That's right. Captures it. Ramsey Ramsey does that thing where he's like, "Oh, I'm really screwed now." And then he just lands on him and punches the hell out of him, and it's so good. Yeah, it's just the best. It's and a he, very cathartic moment. He only stops because Sansa turns up, and he's like, "Oh, oh, there's Sansa. Okay, maybe I should stop." And then, of course, what do we see? We see uh Woof woof woof. Yep. <laughs> Ramsey fed to his own dogs. Which he yeah. uh He foreshadowed, he, yeah. He fed Walder to his dogs. Yes, we forgot about that. After he killed Roos. He, he killed, killed Roos this yeah. season. All this stuff which happened. Was, which was an incredible scene because in the middle of that scene you genuinely don't know which one's gonna walk away. Like that that's With that's Roos. what I really love. Of course it makes sense that like it's Ramsey that walks away, yeah. but oh yeah, because Roos has just had a kid, a up legitimate until it kid. Happens. Yeah, so. that's right, exactly. So you, so he has every motive to kill Ramsey, mm. but Ramsey also has every motive to kill him, yeah. and so you genuinely don't know who's going to walk away from that scene. Mm. Turns out it's Ramsey. Yeah, uh, which is quite, which is it had echoes of the the Red Wedding, where how he sort of stabs him in the gut. Yes, definitely. You know? Yeah, and there was a bit of that this season because Walder Frey died. Um, uh, by having his throat, by having cut, throat cut, so it, how... it feels like the you know people are having their own murders visited back on them. That's right, <laughs> which suggests that Cersei is going to get blown up. <laughs> yeah. Also, Tywin was kind of responsible for the Red Wedding, but I don't remember anyone at the Red Wedding being shot with a crossbow on the toilet. 
So that no, but plenty of people who shot with crossbows. Yes. They were. That's true. So, it was all the musicians who opened up. That's from, right, yeah, from, from the gallery. So they, lots of the This is probably people. a theory on the internet that already isn't it, and I'm just coming into it late thinking I'm a genius. Uh, I, I haven't seen this particular theory, but it, it holds water. Yeah. So far. Who else was involved in I'm it? I'm sure we'll think of plenty of examples. Yeah, doesn't, yeah, yeah. It doesn't work. But. <laughs> um, well, definitely Tywin Lannister, Bruce Bolton, and Walter Frey, who were the main three, all died in all a died similar, in way similar to, ways to, to how their victims died. Yeah. So that's interesting. Interesting. Good symmetry. So, yeah. Justice. Justice. Revenge. Um, apt. So, um, oh, God. It, yeah. <laughs> it was a hell of a season. It was a hell it of really a season. Was. It was so good. I, do, I mean, I don't, I felt like, you know, there was a lot of criticism about some of the treatment of women, particularly Sansa in the previous this season. And I just felt like that came back to be, Justif- well, I feel I feel like justified is maybe not the right word, but um, sorry, that was my phone just going off. Uh, but but it explained, and yeah. there was a really powerful scene that I just want to mention where um, Sansa confronted Littlefinger. Yeah, with Brienne at her side, and yeah. just a shout out to Brienne this season, Brienne and Pod. Yes. Yeah, just way back in that Theon first awesome. episode when they rescue Sansa. They rescue Sansa and, and Theon, Theon. And, and she pledges yeah. herself to Sansa and Sansa doesn't quite know how to say the words <laughs> right. Like a beautiful relationship. I'm so glad they came together. Yeah. Pod's there. Pod's, Pod's amazing. There. Pod's awesome. Oh, by the way, someone on the Facebook group did say that we need to do a podcast, a live chat where we're dressed as Brienne and Pod. <laughs> so I'm suggesting you be Brienne and I'll okay. be Pod. All right. yeah. <laughs> I'll get a short little brown we'll, wig. We'll see. <laughs> just said that in such a condescending tone it's like dad can we go to the I've theme park of, I've done a lot of we'll dressing see. up for this podcast we'll see. I've, I've done 100% more dressing up for this podcast than I was expecting when I first started So that's part of the fun sure um, you can wear my Daenerys wig if you want you can, you can be mother of beards okay <laughs> Uh, I uh, yeah. So Sansa had a fantastic scene where she made Littlefinger really accept what he he did or what his actions led yeah. to for her, and that was for me that was so powerful and so satisfying. Then he tried to kiss her at the end. Yeah, he, like, he got really you super have misread creepy. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, he got super creepy again. Going, all I see is myself on the Iron Throne with you by my side, and he goes in for a kiss, and she's like. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, we will not be having that. But then there's that whole thing that, because of course, let's let's get to it. I, I mentioned it earlier, but the all the Northern Lords kind of apologise for not standing with House Stark. Yes. Lyanna Mormont, who we have failed to mention, we haven't, have we? Probably the breakout shining star of that whole Absolutely. series. Absolutely, people loved it. That whole season, if not the series itself. Yeah. Just this little ten-year-old. Oh my god, she's so amazing! Like. I just, I can't just, even. Just the most stern-faced little 10-year-old that, girl you've ever seen We didn't even talk life. about the scene where it's the magical mystery tour where Sansa and Jon yes. go around the north going, hey, come and fight with us. Please come and fight Which, with us. you know, they do in one episode because yeah. time. And, <laughs> and she's like, we will, all right, we will fight with you. How many men do you have? 37. <laughs> so good. It is so good. She's so amazing. And then she says, there's a moment where she's on her horse in that parley scene. Yeah. She doesn't say a word, but she's just looking at Ramsay Bolton like death staring. Yes. She, oh, if looks could kill, he would have been a puddle on the floor. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so she stands up and sa- says, we, ha- we, we remember 
and the North remembers we have one king and his name is uh, John Snow or something. Yes. And the king in the North. Yeah, yeah, the king in the North. And then the others all, the big men go, yes, the little girl is right. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry and you're the king in the North. And they all go, the king in the North, king in the North. And Sansa, and this is the thing, there's all this sort of talk that Littlefinger's trying to drive a wedge because he says to Sansa in that, th- in that scene earlier, like, you need an army loyal to me. And she's like, I've got an army. And they're like, oh, he's your brother's army. Your half brothers. Yeah. By the way, half brother. Yeah. And of course, as we now know, cousin. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> not actually brother, but they, they still, you know, and they are and doesn't, doesn't they're little, acting very much like a brother sister unit. Doesn't which, Littlefinger intimate in that moment that he kind of maybe knows R plus L equals J? Is that something that he's aware of? I don't. Think or is so. he just sort of saying? To I think Sansa, I think he's playing on the him, not you. Because he says that to her, who later in, in the Godswood when he tries to kiss her, is like, "Who is the North going to get behind a true-born daughter of Ned Stark, born in Winterfell, yeah, or a bastard son born in the South?" Yeah. So I I don't think that I I actually think that that might be the one secret Baelish doesn't know that that well Maybe. he he didn't apparently know or he claims he didn't know how bad Ramsay was. Yeah. I think that Ned Stark would have been clever enough to keep that secret yeah um so i'm i'm pretty confident uh but yes yeah, so baelish is trying to look at sansa when everyone's going king in the north and he's the white wolf and oh white wolf white wolf <laughs> oh i'm just a little bit steamy um and she <laughs> she says uh she but she's smiling like in that footage sansa is smiling she is looking up at john like you deserve this. I, yeah. I don't feel like she's going, oh, wait, are you going to, you know, because they have a lovely scene where they talk about needing to trust each other and she hadn't told him about Baelish in the Knights of the Vale and she should have and they can't fight amongst themselves. They've got too many other enemies. I, I'd i be really dis- disappointed if they, I think that maybe John and, and Sansa might see that, that Littlefinger's trying to drive a wedge, but I'd be really upset if he manages to do that particularly after Sansa's kind of experiences with him. And she says only a fool would trust Baelish. And I don't think she's, I don't think she's petty enough to go, Oh, everyone likes John and not me, but I'm the real I star. I think that would be I, a massive throwback for her character. Yes. I wouldn't like to see it. Yeah. 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 That's what I feel. And um, I, I don't get the sense of that happening. Yeah. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't. Anyway. Um, so what else have we got in that final episode? Oh, Danny's on the boat. She's coming Danny's over. Danny's on the boat. She's coming over. They've got everyone there. The dragons, the dragons are flying are around. That's the final flying. shot. It's of the final shot. Finally, finally, Danny is coming to Westeros. Yes. It's only been... <laughs> it's only been six seasons. Seven years. She's on her way. She's got to stop her for Dragonstone. That might be the whole season. That's what she you might just be in the whole season. She's just a Dragonstone. <laughs> oh, my God. Because we haven't seen a lot of her in the trailers as to her being places or doing... It's just Dragonstone. So. Well, look, there are shots of Jamie on a battlefield that is on fire. Yes. So, who knows? Yeah. But... Oh, yeah. Jamie. Good old Jamie. Right, Stu, I think um, we are going... Jamie, who, who stares at... Sorry, who stares at... Yes! At Cersei. Not to mention Very Cersei. meaningfully. He has a very meaningful look at, at Cersei being yeah. crowned queen. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's sort of looking, Jamie, the Kingslayer, Lannister. And how looking, dark. Looking at this new king yeah. or queen that's being crowned after blowing up half the capital. How dark does it look in that throne room as yeah. well? It's, it's pretty dark. so bleak. Like, no one is smiling. Physically no one is... and emotionally. Yes. Mm. And she's wearing black. But I really, I feel like, and I, I must put this in a recap because I think it's clever, but it's probably pretty obvious. 
Cersei at this point, like she lost her hair last season. Yes. She's got she's a stylish bob. She's lost the, the feminine clothes. She has now fully embraced a masculine Yeah. No, aesthetic. totally. Absolutely, yeah. Um, which I think is that shedding of her soft kind of womanly, beautiful persona. Yeah. She's, it's it's letting out the steel that's always been yeah. inside of her. Yeah. She's her outsides now more accurately accurately reflect her Absolutely. insides. Yeah. So yeah, I'm pretty smart like that. I think that's <laughs> I think that's a that's pretty a very, that's a very good pull. Yeah, that's, I think it's a good. really good observation that not a lot of people would have would have gotten. Like totally. you know, I don't even know if the costume designers would have really known it was what all they were doing. Like yeah, the, you know, I feel like it was all subconscious. Yeah. <laughs> Only my eagle eye. <laughs> It's a very astute observation, I will say. Don't beat um, yourself up over that too much. There's, so much, well there's so much more that I, I, I'm like, oh, God, you know, Sam and Gilly going, that little yeah. diversion to yeah, Sam's the, yeah, family. Yeah, where Sam finally stands up for himself. Stands and, up for himself, yeah. steals the Valerian steals store, Valerian's sword. sword. Uh, yeah, the mummers and there's, there's so many other little bits and pieces. He finally, he finally gets to Old Town and the Citadel and it's basically Hogwarts. Like it's, yeah. it's just... It's, yeah. <laughs> It is. It is literally Hogwarts, <laughs> and the guy who's the on duty desk duty. Yeah. And Sam turns up, and he gives him his qualification, and he makes he just holds out his hand, and he makes Sam lean all the way across yes. the desk to put it in his hand like a little bitch. Yeah. And then he's like, "Oh, Geo Mormont is the head of the Night's Watch," and he's like, "Well, it's been a bit of." It's like there's been some stuff. There's been that's some changes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I can't wait to see what happens. And, yeah, I think we're running out of energy now. We've been going for so long. And, yeah, that was that was long. So, okay. <laughs> Stu, thank you so much. I am so excited for what's ahead. I, I know. Nick, this time next week, I we're going to be even. talking about episode one oh. of season seven. Oh. In it's going to be week, amazing. We'll have watched it and I will have done my first Hopefully, recap. it will be amazing. Fingers crossed I will yeah. have done my first recap. I'm sure it'll be amazing. It, it, you know, it, it's always a hard thing because I, I work full time. So it's it's putting it in on the, the Monday nights. But I'm I'm going to do as much as I can do to get that. So it's ready for you. First thing Tuesday morning, people. And you totally. can read it on your way to work or at work or on your lunch break, whatever. Tuesday night we'll record and we'll do live chats afterwards and just catch up with everybody. Absolutely. So stay with us. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't even know what to say anymore. I'm so excited. So let us, uh, you know, end our season recap with joy and and love and in our hearts and anticipation and this frisch on in the air and it's like Christmas and oh, every good thing. It's even snowing. It's even snowing. It's just, <laughs> I think that might be dandruff though. So, um, so ladies and gentlemen, as we always like to say. Vala Morgulis. Winter is here. Oh, you did the winter is here thing. Oh, that's so cool. Oh. Okay. See you, everyone.